You know, I really wish the uh, weather would make up its mind. Uh, well, it's glad to see that you're back in Mississippi, if that's what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, y- y'all, are, y'all, are y'all having crazy weather up there, too? It's just, it's, you know, it's freezing one day, so I turn the, you know, the heat's been on, but then it's hot the next day, so I turn the AC on, and, you know, I normally have a fan, but kick the AC on when it's really hot, and today mm-hmm. it's one of those, you know, between dinner and all that, it's just, it's hot inside. Yeah, the past few weeks when I get ready for work, I kind of have like a formula. I look at I look and see what temperature it is outside. If it's under 40 degrees, I know that I'm putting all my undergarments on, like my like long john, my thermal stuff, top and bottom. Mm-hmm. If it's above 40, like 45-ish, I'm just going to put the bottoms on. If it's anything above 50, I'm just wearing regular old clothes. <laughs> and it was almost a night and day change. I want to say this week, I think Tuesday... I had to put everything on, and it stayed fairly cold, fairly in the 40s, till about, say, 7, 8 o'clock. And the next morning, it was like 58 degrees. Yesterday, 58 degrees. Today, Mm -hmm. 58, 59 degrees. Now, we have the added addition of severely crappy weather, the the rain and everything, which I love gloomy weather. It's fine by me. (coughs) Excuse me, but yeah, it's, uh, it's odd. I'm 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 feeling that the season has changed, but I'm not really seeing it yet. <laughs> sure. Slowly, slowly starting to see trees change colors. Uh, welcome to the Nature Cast. Fuck this. <laughs> Let's get some video game talk. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael, and I'm Chris. Now, I, 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 what do I want to do, Chris? Don't really have a topic for today, which we mm. haven't really been done topics uh, per se in a while. So, uh, do you want to just bust out the reeks and then we could spend the rest of the time talking about news stuff? Sure. All right, Chris. All right. Tell me about your week so far, man. All right. So, are these? Yeah, these are my right notes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I don't. Apparently, I played Path of Exile this week. Um, oh, that's right, I did. That Question one, mark? <laughs> yeah. It, it's one of those where I was um, kind of between games and uh, just, you know, chilling a little bit. Um, uh-huh. I'm finally getting up into the higher levels, and I'll load my game while I'm talking to see where I left off. Um, I'm, I had just finished Act 3, and I was very confused because I was like, wait, there's only three acts? I was like, I thought this was much longer. There are more than three. I just missed talking to an NPC <laughs> that triggered the rest of this stuff. So I was like, okay, yep, that's that's my bad. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I got all the way up to level 44. Um, but any any gauge or judge of how far that is into the game? Um, I so. I'm not entirely sure what the level cap is. I'll Google that real quick. But um, I think most builds that you do don't really get mature until at least 70. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of a... 70 is kind of the benchmark, you know. But at level 44 in the last couple of levels, or particularly around Act 3, I think, is when you start getting the main abilities, at least for the build I'm doing, the... Uh, occultist 
snap uh, vortex build. Um, and once I got vortex, it completely changed the way I was playing the game. I had to basically rebind my Mac, my uh, you know, mouse buttons and stuff to which abilities. And it, yeah, it, wow, it's very easy for one thing to just completely change the way you're playing the game. Um, hmm. kind of like when I started out as minions and then I discovered totems and I was like, well, this is cool. So I guess I'm going to do kind of a hybrid build because I wasn't following a build and I was just picking minion, excuse me, minion stuff. Um, and then I didn't have a minion reward, but I had a totem reward. I was like, well, that's, that's kind of similar, right? It's something else killing things for you. And so that changed the way I was playing. And, uh, then when I switched over, like I mentioned before, I picked a different, uh, first spell completely changed how I played the game, even though they were both projectiles. It was just completely different. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and it's very complex, but not enough to where you really feel behind if you don't fully understand. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the baseline understanding of the game will get you basically through the game, you know, at least as far as I've gotten. And you're not really missing out on anything until you get to the higher tiers and you're like, well, I could do this to optimize it, you know, when you min-max and stuff like that, um, which is nice. It's nice that, you know, it has that level of complexity and you can sink the time in to put all this effort into a build. But at the same time, you don't have to, to enjoy the game, which yeah. is good. Um, That's good. So it makes a real chill game for me. Let's see. Um, I did finally pick up Destiny 2 uh, Iron Banner on Sunday. Um, I played for five and a half hours, and that was enough time to complete every Iron Banner bounty, uh, which is like six of them. Um, the one that took me the longest was getting kills with abilities, because, of course, that's on a cooldown. Um, and sometimes, like the super, typically you'll get one and maybe two a match. Uh, at least in this Iron Banner uh, week, I guess I should say. Um, so that was kind of annoying. And then Hunter doesn't have great uh, abilities for kills. They're more utility type things or... Uh, well, I'll just leave it at utility type things. Um, of course, the throwing knives are great. Uh especially when you get headshots. But in PvP, it's not as useful because you typically have to damage them first before using the knife. So you, there's a good chance you're going to die while you're trying to throw the knife uh, just because of how the timing works out. Um, and it would have been a lot easier if I had ever unlocked the uh, last... Is it last? I think it's the last subclass for a hunter. I never did because uh, I just kind of dropped off with my Destiny 2 play. Um, but there's, I don't know the actual name of it. It's basically a knife barrage super, uh, under mm-hmm. the solar tree and it, it murders. So if I'd had that, it would progress faster, but I was trying to make do with golden gun. And then I eventually switched to void walker to, uh, stealth slice people. Um, so that got me from 640 to 645. So that's. Not a bad increase, and that was without doing anything but the Iron Banner and its bounties. Um, so the big game this week, <laughs> which I didn't expect this to happen, um, it's a game that's in early access. 
Um, uh, well, let me guess. This is Wolfson. No. I have no, no idea what that okay. is. <laughs> uh, it's an early access kind of game. It's um, It looks like a Diablo-style game with some really good visuals. That's the best I could describe. Uh, I saw like an early access. Yeah, I think I've actually heard that now. Now that you mentioned that it's kind of like Diablo, I haven't I played be- it. Yeah. Um, but I think I know yeah. Uh, you know what? I, before I go lying, uh, I, I don't know if... I think there is a demo. I do vaguely remember playing a bit of it. I don't know how much is out playable right now, but it was one of those that came across my feed when I was doing the... Um, uh, what, what was that thing called that Steam does where you can like preview games? The... the um, shit. Damn it. I have, <laughs> I have no... no I, have, I know nothing. I, I know nothing. Uh, it was like a preview mode or uh, I'm frantically flying through my explore, my exploration. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is like, it came up in the first like two or three groups of my explorer. And it, again, it, it looks kind of like a Diablo game, but the visuals just blew my mind. Sure. And uh, yeah, I checked into, I've, I've already purchased it. I think it was like <laughs> 20, 30 bucks or something. It may, I've been seeing a lot of updates happen. So it might be coming out. Who knows? But no, mm-hmm. I just guessed. <clears throat> so speaking of visuals, something that I didn't really consider this game kind of appeared to be a factor of, um, but the game is satisfactory. Oh, yes. We saw a trailer for this, I believe, last year oh, yeah. at E3. That is correct. This Yep, this is the trailer that the sound the the soundtrack for the trailer was so good. I frantically went online trying to find this song <laughs> and I couldn't find it. I had to have I found I want to say somebody in Giant Bomb finally emailed the creator or something and said, "Hey, here's this guy's SoundCloud page where he has this music track up. You can go get it from there." So, yeah. yeah. Nice. But yeah, so for those that don't remember the trailer, um, this is a, uh, simulation game, of course, surprise, surprise there, but it is basically like uh, factorio in the sense that you're building up a factory. You have your, uh, material nodes and, you know, you build your miners and then you harvest the, or you smelt it and you pipe that into things to make a material and then you pipe that into other things to make another material, or you can, you know, do some manual crafting yourself to, if you don't have the infrastructure for it yet, you can still kind of, if you're willing to sit there and hold your clicking button on the craft thing for a while, you can accomplish the same thing at a much uh, less efficient route. But the big thing that made this game stand out with the trailer was that it is a first-person game, not top-down. Mm-hmm. That's the typical, you know, typically sims like this are top-down or isometric, you know, etc. And boy... Does it work? Um, that I'm extremely interested because thinking of a game like this, almost like it's it's almost like a real time strategy in a way. You know, you're you're and in the, in the it's more like a management simulator, right? Kind of because you're you're managing multiple parts of a giant assembly and just oh, I can't wait to hear this explanation because I'm really trying to wrap my head around how a first person viewpoint makes it 
I mean, I, I imagine anything could work, but it's more like, should it work? Yeah. And like I said, it works well. The It is it is kind of odd when you think about it. You're like, well, I have my top-down view stuff. I want to click on this, you know, minor. I want to click on this melter. I just click on it, and then I see my stats, and I do what I need to do. Um, mm-hmm. And you don't really have any control over individual materials like that. You just have kind of a stock icon typically in a corner or a stock icon, you know, on your building that stores your stuff, etc. Um, in this, you have an inventory. You can carry around materials. Uh, you have weapons and stuff because there is wildlife that exists on this planet you're at. Um, I've only played one map so far because that's, I mean, I just, I was like, okay, I'll play the default one just to check out the game. And uh, I've sunk about 18 hours into it in about three-ish days. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And those are work days, not weekend days either. Um, so I've been putting a lot of time in this game. Um, so you build your buildings and um, they, the buildings themselves have limited inventory. It's usually, you know, input output. That's their inventory and it's one slot which caps at whatever the stack size is for that item, typically. Um, there are some mm-hmm. exceptions for things that are kind of ridiculous with stack size. Uh, ridiculously low, I mean. They'll increase it a little bit for the building, um, but that's very few and far between. Um, you have, you don't really have a tech tree. Um, instead, you basically complete objectives, Um uh, like, say, some of the first one is like, okay, give me 100 iron plates, or I say 100, that's not the first one, but like, give me 10 iron plates, 10 iron rods. That's it. And you're like, okay, sure, here you go. All right, you've now unlocked copper. Okay, cool. Give me wire, give me uh, cables, which you make out of the wire, and it's like, okay, cool, now you've unlocked something else. And you're like, okay. And you keep unlocking, and there's a uh, big building. You have a uh, starting building your hub which is kind of, it improves with each uh, tier of technology you unlock, essentially. I, I'm not even going to say tier of technology. That's not accurate because it's not tiers of technology. It's tiers of objectives, and that's kind of a difficulty structure uh, mm-hmm. to base off what you're doing. Like, I believe I'm at tier five, and I think there's only one more tier actually in the game right now. Like I said, it's early access. Um, but I think that tier five and just the requirements just shot through the roof. <laughs> um, yeah. And then there's a secondary objective you have to do to unlock, even unlock the higher tiers to do. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. Like, oh, yeah, sure. I need, oh, a thousand of these and two thousand of these. Okay. That's, I'm no longer manually crafting any of this. Um, and I actually spent, six and a half hours or so yesterday i was like okay this will probably be my last day i'll get this set up and then you know i'll complete this objective and that's probably where roughly the early access stuff ends right now i spent six and a half hours just reorganizing my factory trying to actually set Mm -hmm. it up in a multi-tiered structure so it's not just a horizontal thing um and you don't have like a flat area to just work on you have this you know sculpted environment there you know there's hills mm-hmm. there's little cliffs there's flat out cliffs because i guess you're on like floating islands on this map or something and there's just like a mm-hmm. big abyss at certain points that i had to you know figure out how to build over <laughs> to get to a resource <laughs> node i really needed um i like that i like that yeah so and this is all you know run around first person i've um i haven't 
have I died to an enemy? I don't think I've died to an enemy yet, but it's been really close. Um, the first time I ran into one, I was like, okay, what are you? And I, you know, poked it with my thing and it just headbutted me and I fell to the ground. And I was like, okay, that hurt. Um, let's try this again. And you dance around with these enemies trying not to get hit at the same time that, you know, you're trying to get to wherever your objective is or explore or, you know, trying to clear trees out of an area or brush out an area so you can actually look for nodes and all these things. There's, I don't know how much of a story aspect is going in, in the game at the end, but there are mm -hmm. hints that there's at least some lore embedded with it. So hopefully, you know, you kind of get more explanation of why you're even on this planet, you know, what these things are. Uh, there's research for basically alien items, which are, you know, found natively on the planet. So like you kill the first enemy you encounter, you can throw um, their hide in this, you know, thing. And they're like, okay, uploading, researching. And after, you know, five minutes or whatever, depending on the item, it's like, oh, hey, this could be used for this. And you're like, oh, cool. Okay. And then you have an objective to actually unlock it and stuff. So um, it's, it's very interesting when it's an, a very interesting approach to not having a just flat out tech tree. You have mm -hmm. objectives, you complete it. Um, and that unlocks various things. Sometimes it's, you know, like I said, going from iron to copper. That's, you know, one example, but others are, okay, well, this will increase your storage. You can specifically complete objectives to get better storage containers or to get better conveyor belts for your factory. Um, yeah, it's super complex. Um, yeah, with the, with the complexity of it and just just being the type of game that it is, it really makes you wonder, Do you, are you really going to be you know, upset if they don't put in, uh, you know, an amount of lore into this game? Are you there for the gameplay? Are you Okay, so if I'm playing StarCraft... Mm -hmm. The real-time strategy aspect of StarCraft is is great. It's phenomenal. And I I can see how having multiple maps, multiple scenarios, multiple objectives, all that make... I, I, I would go to StarCraft for the gameplay. Right. If they didn't have the lore in StarCraft, if I just played that game with like, say, a Tetris mindset, I could be totally fine with StarCraft being just a game. The fact that they put the lore into it, it just made it better. But yeah. if the lore wasn't there, it would be okay. What do you, do you think that way for this game? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just a neat little side thing, you know. I when I you know unlocked some better modes of transportation, I was like, oh okay, and I started driving out, and I was like, okay. I started out in kind of this field area. They're pretty generous with their starting area. Um, you just had to kind of pick a flat area to start with. I was like, okay, this is cool. I could see some stuff in the distance. I was like, okay, this is, you know, there's some environment stuff. But then I started driving and this open plain type area with, you know, some small inconveniently placed hills. Um, it gave way to trees and then to, you know, different uh, fauna and other, you know, environmental things, you know, a lake, a river, a waterfall. And it's like, this is, this is almost an entirely different biome than what I was starting at. Um, and that's something you would not expect from a 
factory building game. <laughs> but here you are going, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I do have way. I do have a factory, don't I? I should probably go <laughs> check that because I'm pretty sure my generators are running out of fuel right now. Um, but I'll do that in a minute. I want to go see what's over here. <laughs> so it's an awesome merger of genres. Um, and the best thing about this, this is a, not only is it great what they built so far, but the company has a public roadmap um, where they list things they're looking to implement. They put dates on at least like the next one, I think, has a date. And then after that's, you know, based on that, it slides. Um, so they only provide it. I want to say the first one on their website, which I want to say is end of April is the next update or mid-April um, of 2019. Um, so in about two weeks, I think there's another update. And they just pushed a patch earlier this week. Um, wasn't one of their major milestone patches, but it was, you know, bug fixes. So they're... This is another really good example of a good way to do early access. Um, the other recent one being was Anno 1800. That was basically a complete game. It's like, okay, well, what's beta about this? You know, what's early access about this? Why aren't you releasing this? What, what Where's the problem? Um, and while Satisfactory isn't as flesh out as that, it's obvious like, okay, the game ends here. But it's like, okay, yeah, up until that point, it's solid. Sure. Keep going. So, yeah, I foresee probably most of the weekend, unless I specifically say I'm not going to play this game anymore, <laughs> I'll probably be playing it this weekend. You know, that's good. Because I've that's only good. got like half my factory re rebuilt. Um, mm -hmm. I need to finish that so I can, you know, pump out these thousands of other items. <sighs> good times. Yes. That's, wow, is that it? What well, is that it for your week? <laughs> yeah, I I, I I played some Exile. I played some Destiny. I was like, okay, well, let me check out this early access game because I see some people streaming. I didn't watch it because um, I knew I'd play it eventually. And I was like, let me just spend a couple hours to check this out. I didn't even stream the first little bit. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna check right. this out off stream, see uh, how it is, and then four and a half hours later, I was like, I should probably go to bed. Um, <laughs> and then the next two days I played, like I said, I'm up to like 18 hours in three days. So, wow. It nice. It sucked me right in. Uh, and that, that's what, it doesn't matter, man, if it's a fucking early access, uh, triple a indie steam, whatever. When a game does that, that's where it's at. Yeah. That's what, that's what I need this year to have more of. You know, I we already had a year where Persona Five did that, where God of War did that. We've had those years. We need to have those games. That's 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 why we do this. <laughs> yep. If a game has the ability to grab me and keep me going, that's oh, I love it. Which is gonna be why it's such a sad day on my week today. Oh no! But uh, so here we go. Uh, let's roll into my week. Uh, Non-gamer related. I watched the entire first season of the show Altered Carbon. I will tell you it has a pretty cool premise. It's got some uh, pretty interesting story bits to it. It was worth a one-time watch, but it wasn't it didn't have me grasping for the next season. Um, excuse me. And that's going to be, man, all this stuff, including games, everything is going to be different person to person. But there wasn't 
too much about this show that made me go, oh man, I'm just I'm, I I binge watched it because that's what that's what Netflix is kind of known for, which in and of itself could warrant a discussion. Like you know, do you think that having everything available right then could water down a series? And I I, I honestly don't think so. I mean, if I was to be twenty something years old again and years after the fact, if I had just watched if I just binge watched the entirety of Neon Genesis Evangelion, given that mindset of the person and the age and all that stuff back then, I would still absolutely fucking love that series, regardless of whether I binged it or had to watch it every, you know, a week, an episode a week or something. You know, same thing goes with Dragon Ball. Same thing that goes with uh, that uh, the the how the the haunting of Hill House. I mean, I binge. I have been binge watched several things in the past, and just because it was all available, had no uh, didn't have a bearing. I either like it or I don't. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's a very binary way to say it. You know, it's it didn't blow me over. That's all I'm trying to get at. It was not bad. It wasn't great either. But yeah, I watched it. Uh, movies. I I rewatched A Quiet Place, the movie, which oh man, it's such a good. I love. I lo- I love the. I would have loved to see this in theater, just to have that news thing to talk about, like everybody else did. Like seeing how many people were genuinely being pitch like just flat out quiet in these theaters. That's that's awesome to know that an audience can still do that. Period. But also that movie sets itself up for silence so well that with it being silent all the time it just magnifies this movie and it's already a good movie period without it uh i got i watched creed 2 which i'm a big fan of the first creed movie i feel like this one was just a if we're talking on like a hundred point scale don't want to say five or ten, a hundred point scale. If I put Creed one at like an eighty, I put Creed two at like a 76, 77. It's hmm. just a little bit less quality. Mm-hmm. Not to where you don't want to watch it, but I just I don't know something about the way that the first one was set up. Something about the stakes, and the stakes are magnified in this one too for Apollo. I mean, he's fighting Ivan Drago's son. That's a it's a hell of a way to to uh, to premise the movie, and I dug that all the way around. But just turn the volume down just a scotch, and you get Creed two. I think uh, I did watch a random Netflix movie called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. This is like a collection of short, uh, somewhat humorous Western stories. Just random thing that I watched. It was it had some a couple of the stories were pretty funny, pretty interesting, but meh. When you when you do short stories, I, I'm sad to say that uh, I'm pretty burnt. I'm pretty ruined thanks to uh, Black Mirror. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that show, but all those stories in Black Mirror just blew me away, and I had such a great time with it. So shows that do just random stories, you got a pedigree to live up to for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> uh, still have a shit ton of movies to get through. So, oh, not not this week, mind you, just in general. So, that's really it for the the non gaming stuff. Uh, a really funny non anything story, but I ordered some uh, 
if you remember Chris, me talking about Pizza Hut, how yeah. they had the uh, cheesy bites pizza, which was so fucking awesome. It was like having little cheesy bites as your crust. Yep. Well, they have they have like a cheese, an ultimate cheese kind of pizza thing now, where but it's basically the same damn thing. It's like they wrapped up the crust around some cheese, and it's the same damn thing. You eat the pizza, and you basically got like a cheesy breadstick thing left over. Sure. Every time that I order pizza like this. I always get extra marinara because if you also, you remember Chris, two of the reasons why Pizza Hut is so high on my list now is because they've changed their crust to have like a garlic crust and it's so fucking good. And they have redone their sauce and the sauce is fucking good. It's a sweet type of sauce, just like I like. So now when I get pizza, when I get breadsticks, no matter what, I'm dipping whatever the fuck that is in that sauce and that marinara. And I got four marinara sauces, and I got home last night. This is me. I know I'm the customer. I'm not blaming Pizza Hut at all. I'm blaming me. It was me. I didn't check it when I got the food. And I didn't make a big deal about it either. But I got home. I didn't have my marinara sauces. So it was so funny, man. I took the re- I took the receipt up there today. I said, hey, I ordered this last night. I didn't get my marinara. And she was like, oh, it's okay. Um, well, it says here you paid online. So do you have the card? We could. I was like, no, 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 no. I, I want the sauce. <laughs> I'm not here for a refund. I want that sauce. She's like, oh, okay. She brought me some sauce out. It was pretty cool. Nice. So. Oh. Uh, Am I going to be disappointed? So as let's get the Sekiro news out of the okay. way. This is this is a this is a goddamn tragedy, Chris. I I want I want the audience because I'm sure Chris understands this about me, but I want the audience to fully grasp the the situation here. I blew off Dark Souls by the when I first, when when I was when I got into the From Software frame of mind not counting uh you know the non souls games dark souls was out mm-hmm. and all I, I i've admitted this in the past it's 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 what i was i was a little shit but i was jumping the anti dark souls hype train so bad said yeah this game is is super difficult that's the that's the draw of the game it's difficult just to be difficult it's artificial difficulty it's blah 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 and i got so sick and tired of hearing about dark souls for a while and i was jumping on that bandwagon i was reading what people were saying and going yeah I, yeah this is fucking bullshit like why is this game getting so so talked about but every for every five people that said the game was garbage there was that one person that would be like this game is a fucking masterpiece. This game is the combat in this game is stellar, and it got and then it got pushed down as all the it's oh the, it shouldn't be this hard and it's just hard to be hard and then another person would be like this the, the this game is incredible. Thankfully, uh, after hearing Adam gush about Demon Souls for days upon days upon end, I finally said fuck it. You know what? I'm gonna go try this shit myself. And that's where it started for me. I played De- uh, uh, Dark Souls. I went on to Dark Souls 2. I think I went back and played Demon Souls before I got around to Dar- uh, Dark Souls 3. And of course, I played Bloodborne after that. I played every piece of DLC. I've beaten every single boss known to that game, known to that entire franchise, by myself, with the exception of the DLC bosses for Bloodborne, because I'd never went all the way through them and fought them all, and Calamite, 
from uh, Dark Souls One is that's the only boss that I have never soloed. I've I've spent way too long fighting that guy, and I will one day. I do plan on going back through Dark Souls. I don't know, Chris. This would make like the seventh time I went <laughs> through that game, but I'll fucking do it. Dark Souls is on my wall. I can't remember. Uh, I think Dark Souls took the place on my wall of uh, Just Cause Two. Just Cause Two is on my top oh, wow. fifteen. It's off now. For that, yeah, uh, yeah. I had to put I put Dark Souls in its place because. While I have spent, I think, over two or three hundred hours in Just Cause, uh, and one of the reasons that that's one of the reasons why Just Cause 2 was on my wall because the scope and scale of that game is fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm still waiting for another game to come out that matches that map size. You know, when you when you play a game where you can hijack a airplane and you fly the airplane from one side of the island and then like half a fucking hour later in real time, you're like two thirds across the map. That says a lot that that's fucking crazy. And the 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 openness of that game and the fun that I had with that openness is one of the reasons why Just Cause just blew it past everything and went to the top. Unfortunately for Just Cause 2, we're talking about Dark Souls. <laughs> Possibly one of the most rewarding combat games I've ever played in existence. The the aha moments that Dark Souls has given me. I mean Bloodborne gets up there. Bloodborne is is right up on its tail, and if we're being real, Bloodborne and Dark Souls three, because in my opinion, I feel like Dark Souls three kind of mastered all that. Dark Souls three and Bloodborne could fight for a number two, super easy, but for nostalgia, for the one that I've been through multiple times, the one that really captured my heart, it's really been Dark Souls. I mean, I, I, I we could have four episodes where I talk about all these games on my 15, but I could definitely talk a lot about Dark Souls. I'm preface, I'm saying that so the audience that maybe hasn't heard previous episodes about us gushing over the From Software Souls-like franchise can understand I have had Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which is a From Software game in the vein of the Souls universe, in the vein of the Souls type gameplay, pre-ordered since, I don't know, maybe September, October of last year, maybe even earlier than that. And I have been patiently waiting for this game. Uh, I'm not going to go through the whole rigmarole again, not because I'm, I'm lazy, but because I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are people that this is the second time they're going to hear this story. Uh, just This is episode 86, folks. Go back and listen to episode 85. I explained the problem in my uh, in, in that episode during my week. And uh, the update right now, Chris, and audience, guys and gals, is I'm still not playing Sekiro. Uh, we are going on two weeks now that this game has been out, and I'm still not playing it for the same reason. I have been further troubleshooting this issue. I have been going to forums. I put, I finally put a post up on the uh, the actual Steam general discussion thread for Sekiro. Nothing yet. I've still been going to other like image boards and 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 Reddit's and all this stuff and and researching and reading and asking. I have tried I, honestly, folks. I I don't take notes on what I've been trying. I know I should. 
in case I double do thing or uh, double try these things, but I really haven't. I neither have I done the same thing twice, but I also haven't taken notes, so I really can't tell the audience as a whole what all I've done. I've messed around with Nvidia a couple times. I've messed around with the settings in Sekiro a few times. I've tried some overlay options that turned out to be nothing because I don't even have it. Uh, I, I've tried what I can. This is severely aggravating for me now. It's starting to get to that point where I'm starting to get aggravated because the game's been out for two weeks and I am a patient man. Even with a game like this that I am, I am just, I'm ready to fucking play. Every time that I play this game, Chris, just to try it out, Mm -hmm. it's like, I want to be playing this. I, I want to be fucking doing this, but I can't because it's not, it's not playing the way I want to. Um, the stuff that I've tried hasn't worked. And I'm still just stuck in the same situation. The only change that I have noticed now is that I finally went back and played the game in full screen, Chris, and I took off HDR. When I play Sekiro in full screen with HDR enabled, it plays exactly how it should play. I get no input lag whatsoever. When I, but when I close Sekiro out, after it being on full screen with HDR on, all of my colors are still fucked up on my on my display. I have to go right. back and redo all that shit. I have tried to find a way to save like a profile or all that shit, and nothing like that exists. I can't I can't find anything like that. So every time that I do that, even to test it, I have to go back into my colors and change everything back around. If I play the game with the full screen on and the HDR off i still have input lag and finally when i play the game in windowed mode i have input lag i have heard from multiple people still dude it's your wireless controller play wired i don't want to i'm being a big fucking baby about it whatever i don't care (laughs) i spent money on the game i have over 350 something other steam games and not one of them do i have to play wired i don't I don't have any other input issues but Sekiro. This is a Sekiro issue. Uh, it's, it's uh, hey man, it's something to do with your graphics card. Go fix your fucking graphics card. There's nothing wrong with my graphics card. Again, 350 other games I play, I do not have this issue. Mm-hmm. So every time people point at my settings on my computer, I push it back and say, no, this is solely and only happening with Sekiro. It's e- I've even tried other from software games and even Neo. Neo runs like a fucking champ. But and and all the other from software games run just fine. Just this one. Nah. It's also aggravating Chris because we're going on 2 weeks and I feel like I've had maybe maybe 3 people say that they've had the same issue. Like yeah, I also have an Nvidia 1060 card. I also play with a wireless Xbox One controller via a, a Xbox One dongle and I had this issue. Here's what I tried, it fixed it. I try it, it doesn't work for me. So I really don't fucking know. Uh I'm se- I'm I'm beyond the time frame where I can get a refund. So I <sighs> I, I just don't know, man. I, I really just want to f- bite the bullet and go out and just buy a fucking PlayStation 4 version and be done with it. 
I don't care that it would be a visually less impressive. I don't. I didn't play Dark Souls for the visuals. You don't play these games for the graphics. The fact that over time they made better graphics, like, dude, Chris, don't get me wrong. Bloodborne's fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. Bloodborne is graphically impressive. When you get into certain vistas, when you get into certain temple areas, you can just pan the camera around and the way the lighting effects work. Oh yeah, there are visually impressive aspects of these games. But if I get this game, if I if if I had if the only way I could play this game on PC was to take every single visual thing and turn it down to low and turn all the other shit off to where it's a baby basic visual game, I'd still play it because that's why you play these games. You play it for the the combat. And yeah, I just I still can't play it. I can't. My options are to play it in full screen HDR and have my shit fucked every time or buy a wire controller or hook a wire up and I'm just not going to do it. I just, I'm I'm fucking putting my foot down. I refuse to. As bad as I want to play it, I don't want to make another exception for just this game. I don't feel, I don't feel I should have to. And you know what, Chris, while we're on this subject, let me go to Steam. Uh, uh, uh. I have one out of one item updated. Let's see. Cross my fingers. Wolfson and Magic Cat. Nope. No Sekiro update yet. So, yeah. I will admit as well, that's another thing I have not done. I have not actually emailed from software. I'm sure they have a customer support place, but... I've never had to mail a company like that before. Typically, I can find any fix on some kind of message board or image board, but maybe I will have to. Maybe I will have to. Another thing that I will admit that I haven't tried yet is to uh, re-download the game, you know, uninstall it and reinstall it. But Mm -hmm. I I just, I I don't know if that's going to work. At this point, fuck it, might as well try it, you know, but I don't don't think that's going to be it. Um... So yeah, that's where I sit with Sekiro. Um, how long am I gonna play it like this, man? I don't know. I'm kind of the 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 fire is starting to fade. Honestly, it's start. I'm starting to relegate this game mentally to any other game that goes in a backlog, and like I'll get to <laughs> it when I get to it. Sure. Um, maybe when the first patch comes around if the problem isn't fixed then maybe I'll maybe I'll go out and just bite the bullet and buy the PS4 version but I don't know I'm just so fucking downtrodden about this shit man it it really it really it really bogs me down I really want to play it I have gotten as far the last time that I played it Chris when I could play it I played it on HDR I got to the first I finally got past the first little mini boss and got to the first boss boss yeah oh and he he straight up wrecked my shit and i was like oh oh, oh, yes this is where it begins and i'm like yeah i wish i could think that way but this is where it ends because i can't i just can't fucking play it so what to play next Mm -hmm. uh i went scouring around i chris already knows chris talks my steam so it's fine uh Went scouring around, and I had mentioned before that I I, I was I've only played Dragon Quest Eleven for probably about 30, 40 minutes, and another game came in and I put it to the side, and I had planned on getting into Dragon Quest Eleven, so there we go. Uh, started playing Dragon Quest Eleven. I didn't even start the file over because I mean I was I knew what the first quest was. I had to go to the mountain and I came back and did the thing. Sure. And I said, hey, now you can go. So follow the story. Uh, so when, 
let, let's talk about the positives. Uh, 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 graphically impressive. Yeah, it's it's it, it it this. If I see a Final Fantasy six sequel or a new, if if you want to know what a new Final Fantasy should look like, this is what I would like it to be. I don't need the super realistic Final Fantasy eight characters. This art style fits the fantasy world really well really well uh the man struggling here that's not all right let's stop (laughs) let's stop beating around the bush let's stop beating around the bush so i've got close to 30 something hours in this game a little over 30 something hours and i have respectfully put this game down wow uh yeah so when I first started playing Dragon Quest XI, I, I I knew from from hearing you say and from other people say, you know, the first little bit of the game is going to be very generic. Hey, you're the destined dude. Go over here to save the princess style uh, storytelling. And it was. So I muscled through it because I I don't know that I'm just beyond the basic stuff. I need something more. And I got to uh let let's go ahead and get the spoiler free part out of the way just in case uh okay. I I have put Dragon Quest Eleven down for now I don't know when I'll get back to it uh it's it's it it it, it, may, it may be good for you know some early RPG if if people are trying to get into an RPG this is good for you but it just didn't suit me too well from here on out. Dragon Quest Eleven spoilers, you have been warned. Uh, so, the immediate hook that they gave was, "Hey, uh, you need to go to the castle because you know you need to talk to the king, and it, it can guide you on your way." You get to the castle, and they go, "Hey, you know what town are you from? This is the town you're from. All right, hey guards, go uh, make sure that town you know gets a proper thank you for taking care of the la la la." And then it's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, kill this boy." Yeah, he's the dark. He's a he's a fucking dark kid. Yeah, we're not gonna get him. And you're like, whoa, what? Change of events? That's crazy. And a- after that hook, everything else started to feel very generic. Very generic to me. Uh, I I feel like they were doing a pretty good job of laying little hints. Like characters would have like a ten minute conversation, but one character would say something that was just a little off, and you were just supposed to remember that. I felt like there were little hooks, story hooks out there all over the place, but I didn't feel like many of them were paying off. The one time that I thought one was going to pay off, it did. It I was giving the game more credit than it deserved. Uh, this was when the tournament that you were in, when you and uh, you you and your partner were battling. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you and this new guy team up, and Eric teams your 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 actual party member partner teams up with somebody else. And when the girl beats him and walks by you, she says, "Better uh, keep a close eye on your partner." And I was like, "Oh, are they double entendering this? Are they?" Are they are they making you think that the character needs to pay attention to the partner in your uh, it, that you're partied up with in this tournament? But what she really meant is she knows something about Eric, and she's telling that, and it's going to pay off later. Maybe it will. 
but I, it didn't. It was, no, nah, you're the guy that was there with you. He was taking drugs and uh, was doing it for the orphans. And I was like, oh, man, because I have a pretty strong feeling that something is up with Eric. There's something off about him. There's something wrong about him or he's going to do something bad. Just there's two or three times where something's been said. It's been like, huh? But the, the game moved on. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not having enough. And he's only one character. I'm not having enough further hooks with him to make me care. I didn't have enough hooks with anybody else to have me keep going. Uh, so the combat. Uh, it took me a bit to get used to the combat period. Because most of it's pretty much autoplay. Uh, you just, I've just been letting the party go. I, I I buy new armor, I buy new weapons, I equip them with shit, they get new abilities as they level up, and I just just press fight, and they I, I, I've died one time in this entire game. Uh, experience and gold and farming and all that stuff, I do two loops through everything, and I'm good. Like, I just get... I, I go through an area. I go through a dungeon twice. I go through an area twice. The fact that the, the the game has enemies on screen, and I can fight enemies, leave, move forward, and then move back, and they basically respond. I've abused the fuck out of that for now, <laughs> and it's, it's it's fairly good experience. When I uh, I've been trying to figure out some places where I can fight metal slimes fairly regularly, I haven't yet but i fought enough of them like i the first time i saw one i was one metal slime and a regular enemy and that fucker ran off and i was like well, huh, well of course that's this is dragon quest that's the way it goes the second time chris there was an enemy and four metal slimes one ran off wow so i got all that xp mm-hmm. three battles later i fought three of them none ran off Six battles later, I fought like two. None ran off. So there's been times where I've just been getting all kind of XP boosts. Yeah, you got crazy getting, lucky with that. Been getting gold out the butt. So, I mean, buying new armor and buying new weapons has been nothing. Uh, I have no doubt, because it is an RPG, the game will get easier. Uh, will get harder. The fights will get harder. And I'm sure there are things I could... If I really wanted to fucking woe up, I could stop you know, grinding like this and make it and make it harder. But the fact that I have been walking in battles and pressing one button and then two minutes later, I win. The combat's almost been like, you could ask me now, Chris, what my strategy is with Eric. And I'll say, I don't fucking know. I just, they just fight. And I got to test this really early on. You know, if I, I have an adequate amount of items in my party on my characters, so not only does my party heal itself, but if it does get too bad, they'll use an item. I mean, I've had almost no input. Chris, can you actually control individual characters in this combat? Yeah, you just have to disable the auto fight. Well, I haven't had to. <laughs> so maybe that's on me, but I mean, I, I haven't had to. I figured, like any game that has an auto fight system, that if if they start acting dumb or the game gets difficult, where it's like, no man, you can't you can't autopilot this, then I would pull it back and start manually control. I've died once, one time, 
And actually, that wasn't even that. That was really my fault. I was grinding in the area too far or too long, and I was just letting my hit points get lower and lower and lower and lower. And I just just a bad fucking draw of enemies. I got like five of these really powerful enemies at one time, and I, I tried to run, tried to run, tried to run, couldn't run, and I died. It wasn't like, oh man, the the fucking AI was so good that it killed my auto AI. No, my auto AI was doing what it's supposed to. It's always done what it's supposed to. Um, it's going to sound very disrespective. I understand that. But I've made this case before. And maybe this is the first actual time that it's been true. Uh, Persona 5 did something for me for RPGs. It put a stellar bar up for RPGs. All around. Graphics, music, story, character development, all that. As Dragon Quest Eleven sits by itself, I could hand Dragon Quest Eleven to my wife and say, here you go, try this cool RPG out. It's not that destructively hard. It's got a pretty easy to follow story, and it's by it's by the beat. It's by the numbers. It's it's a good classic it'll give you a good feel of a classic RPG. But at the end of the day, with the combat being that lackluster for me. And the story, the story needs to pick it up, and it just wasn't. The last thing I did, if you want to know, Chris, mm-hmm. I was in. Uh, I just had the world. Yeah, I just had the world opened up where I could, I could, I could sail around the world, and I just did the first little pearl quest where you do the mermaid thing. Okay. And yeah, I did the little mermaid quest. Excuse me. And then I went and talked to the queen and got the pearl and I saved in that area and that's it. That was about it. Uh, I, I really don't know. I, I, if this if this game was put on my plate when I was, I don't know, probably 16, 17, 18 years old, I probably would have been all right with it. Probably would have had a good time with it. But... There's more to the RPG flavor that I need that this game isn't giving me. That being said, this was not a, I'm fucking done with this shit. This is a garbage game. This may be one of those cases where I just haven't, there's another hook or another big turning point I haven't got to yet. My counter counterpoint to that, though, is over 30 hours, folks. If I played a game for over 30 hours, a game that I paid 65 fucking dollars for, I've given it a I've given it a just amount of time. If the game hasn't hooked me to keep me by then, I really don't think that's my fault. <laughs> yeah, I so I think that for the fights, I think what's happening is you've done too much grinding cuz I mentioned this when I was talking about my playthrough. It's not really intended for you to grind. Um, yeah, everything's kind of balanced to where you go through. Um, and basically if you get a new party member and you're over their level, you've probably been grinding too much. Um, yeah. And at the next area after that will absolutely be super easy. So I would, mm-hmm. uh, to help balance that, I would just run through an area so I didn't fight. <laughs> and then the yeah. next area would be stronger. Um, I only used the auto fight um, when I was later in the game and just kind of wanting to get through areas. Um, and I was 
you know, it's later games, so I was already strong enough. I didn't really have to worry. Um, and I would, you know, disable it for a certain fights. But I didn't use that for a very long time uh, in general. Because yeah. they, uh, you can have them not use MP, but the fight wisely is pretty good for the uh, AI choice. So I would use that, but they still aren't that efficient sometimes. And especially when it comes to the yeah. healing, like, you know, the hero will heal instead of attack and then the healers the next turn and you know this. So you're, you could have yeah. just attacked and saved your uh, healer for healing because um, mm-hmm. then she'll do nothing, essentially. Yeah, um, I, I, I've kind of got that idea that, you know, I've, I've kind of I've power leveled myself, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Because again, when I say died once, that was a full stop. That's every fight I've ever done in this game, including boss battles. I mm-hmm. fight, and then they win. I don't know. I'm sure I've had some characters fall a couple times because I know I've used my. Uh, I've I've know I've I've had I've had to go back to the 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 priest and and revive a character right. on a couple occasions. But yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, I do think and, I mean, you're pretty close to uh, Eric's little side storyline thing as well. Um, yeah. Because I believe I, all of them have at least some level of, you know, side story thing. Yeah. Most of these characters seem like they have something more there than what they're, than what they're putting on. And I really mm-hmm. put Eric at the top of that chain. I think, I think there's something about Eric that's, gonna turn out bad or it's like hey he was actually there to backstab you this whole time or maybe he knew that you were what you were and he was gonna use that or something i don't know but he he mentioned something even in the first area you were at where you found him i don't remember the quote but it was something that was like uh it, it felt like you know hey i'm telling you this and I can't forget about this either. <laughs> and you were like, what? And it was like, hey, look over there. And then, you know, the story goes on. And I was like, I've got, I now, for the rest of this game, have my eye on you. And I'm listening to everything you say. The thing is, when I say, when I think that about other RPGs that have done stuff like this, that have the hooks where the, the da-na-na moment appears... These their dunana moments have been fairly easy. They've been fairly simple. It's not something super complex. Again, take for example when I was fighting in the tournament, and she was like, really mysterious, like you better watch out for your partner. And I was like, oh, I wonder what she meant by that. And turns out, yeah, you're that was something up with your partner. I was like, oh, uh, that's it. If it would have been, no, you fool, I was talking about that guy, and it points to Eric, and Eric's like, whoa, what do you mean, what do you mean, me? Uh, then that, that, that would have brought my intrigue, but it, it didn't. Yeah. I Eric's- want to say the mermaid thing had something like that, too, or it was just like, oh, that's, oh, that here's my question, there's my answer. I actually knew that was the answer. Yeah, and the I'm not trying to sound like... Great. <laughs> yeah, no, it really wasn't. I mean, it was a cool story, I get, it was, as a little side quest, I guess, but I was like, mm-hmm. meh. <laughs> yeah um eric's thing is i mean i had no idea about what eric's thing was when i got to it um so it was a complete surprise and there weren't i, I know what hints you're talking about and that's you know kind of your hint that there's something more but there's never a hint of what it is you know until yeah. you get to that point and he's like 
all right, this is what's going on, essentially, <laughs> type thing. Um, the the sisters, cool story. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. The sisters were probably my favorite characters um, throughout it. Um, yeah. I mean, there there's lots of little stuff that I would, I do have questions about. I mean, I went back to the town that I came from and I I found myself as a little kid and the girl that I hung out with was a little kid. I'm like, well, what's up with that? So, I mean, there are questions out there. Don't get mm. me wrong, but I just am, I'm losing slash lost my drive to to want to find the answers uh last couple things the uh the one cool story thing that happened so far was again with the tournament the i forget his name he's in my party now i feel bad for not remember his name but when you find out that the older gentleman is actually your grandfather Mm -hmm. and you go back to the grave that whole scene was very moving. I will yeah. give it that. I'll give credit where credit is due. You know, it was, you know, this is where my son, you know, my daughter and his, and his, uh, her husband, you know, rest now and all, it just, all that was done so well. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> this is also another nitpick thing of mine, which I did look on online and there is no option for it. I am not a fan of the voice acting in this game. God damn, I'm not. I am not there. Every other character is bad. Every other character has something where I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I love the character of uh, Chris. I forget his name, but he's the very flamboyant, uh, the dancer, um, the acrobat in your party. Um, space. <laughs> while you look that name up i'm a very big fan of his character but his voice actor just overdoes it a tad mm-hmm. sometimes every other npc that i've come across that has a voice acting dude okay the 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 guy the mermaid quest the guy that's the focal point of that he talks so fucking like wow my grandfather liked a mermaid i can't believe that that was a thing who would have known if that mermaid would have came back around i was like dude you what are you are you asleep or what uh yeah again that's not really a nitpick though i've i've that's something I legitimately have issue with with games, and it wouldn't have been so bad, Chris, if I if the option would have been there where I could have switched the voice over to Japanese, but none exists. So I had to put up with it, and it was grating on me. So I don't like it. I don't like no. I don't. I, I, the game is all right. I Silvando, yes. I like that character. I like I like his I like his his happiness and, and how I like I like the way he is designed. But his voice actor goes a little bit above and beyond with that. And it's like every character has to have some kind of accent or have some kind of nationality. And it's so crazy. Yeah. Like that was something that I thought was very interesting. As I was going through and hearing more characters and more characters going city to city, I was like, okay, so this area has this this uh, accent, it's like okay. Yeah. Is there so we're in Hawaii now? Because yeah. everybody has like 
Hawaii-like names, and they talk with those Hawaiian words that nobody else knows. Like, what? Okay. I'm I mean, sure. the island was called uh, Wanalulu, so. Yeah, wa- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. All right, Square. You see what you're doing. Yeah. I will also give, I will give voice actor credit to uh, the two, the generals. I forget their names, but mm. every time that they're on scene and they start talking to the, to the party, they command the scene. And I, I dig those. They all definitely got some uh, Legacy of Kane vibes from one, but everybody else is eh, give and take. Yeah, Hendrick and Jasper. Hit or miss. Yes, those two. Props to those characters in general, the way they're written, the way they're played out, and their voice acting. Uh, Yeah, so that's enough for me about Dragon Quest XI. It's, again, it is not a hard put down. This is not, I'm going to get my money back. This is bullshit. Chris, you're crazy. This game is garbage. Nothing like that. I just need, I, I am not, I'm not, fuel to keep going no. especially with that mermaid quest the mermaid quest was the last one to made me go all right do i want to keep playing no i really don't and when my mind and heart says that i'm not going to keep playing yeah, will i ever go does. back to it yeah it, it does I, I, get better I, I, and better i hope so and you know what if the day comes around where I pick it back up and I start playing it again. Uh, man, that meant, dude, you, Chris, you know me. I'm so fucking wishy-washy. That could be next week. <laughs> you know, Sekiro may never happen, and I'm just going to fucking fold my arms in a corner and huff and puff, and I'll be like, you know what, fucking, I'm going to go play a few more hours of Dragon Quest Eleven. You know what'll happen? The <gasps> shit moment's going to happen. And then maybe I'll be into it, and then I'll finish it all the way through. But for right now, for multiple reasons listed in what I just went through, I just don't have the drive to keep playing it. Uh, Chris has the drive to continue playing Satisfactory, and he wants to. I can t- I can feel that from the way he talks about it. I don't have that feeling for Dragon Quest XI. It, sh- it just is what it is. You know, I don't hate it. I don't dislike it. Just not feeling it right now. And it's not even like an RPG thing. I, I am in the mood for a good RPG. I just didn't find it yet. <laughs> so, uh, and that was either last, I think that was last night that I, that I've, you know, put that game down. And I said, all right, well, I need to play something. Let me go through Steam and find some of these games that I know I need to play. Like, I, I do want to play Shadow of Oberdin. Uh, that's one example. And I can't scroll fast enough through my steam to find there there are some uh, um uh risk of rain was one there was a i don't know there's a few games in here that were like kind of game of the gear last year that i need to get around to but what i started playing last night was Danganronpa. This is another one of those game uh, series that I said. Uh, I give full credit where it's due. Uh, Super Best Friends uh, or Castle Super Beasts. It's going to take... Chris, it's going to take a long time for me to get used to that, man. Mm -hmm. I know that's their brand now, and I'm all behind them. I still listen to to Wooly and Pat every podcast, and I still... I'm subscribed to Wooly Versus, but... Chris, man, it is so fucking hard not to just think of Wooly and or Pat and not go, oh, the super best friends. You know, it, it, it's really hard. 
But yes, the back when they talked about it, they were the super best friends. And also Austin Eruption did a couple episodes or at least one episode about this this series. And uh yeah, I made it about an hour or two in this game last night. And I so far I, I I'm hooked. I, I'm intrigued. Definitely intrigued. So Dang and Rapa, as far as I know, there are at least four main games in the series now. There's one, two, three, and there's a Ultra Despair Girls, which I think is between one and two. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. Uh, this is kind of... How do I describe the, the gameplay? It's, it's kind of murder mystery, point and click, figure shit out. That's the best way I can describe it right now, because I haven't done... I haven't gone very far in the game. The story of the game is, um, and I, I'm going to say this is spoiler free because I mean, this is like the first, probably the first two minutes of the game. They tell you what's going on. Uh, there is a school that's, that's built. It's supposed to be like a school to give the world hope or the country hope or whatever. They're trying to find, they're trying to get the world's best students into this school it's uh whoever the whoever's the best baseball player, the best uh uh fanfic writer, the best martial artist, the best uh uh pop idol, all that stuff. You as the main character, they had a lottery. They just picked any average person and he was the average person that won the lottery so he gets in. They get into this school, and as soon as they step into the school, they're transported to a whole different, seems like an alternate dimension. And they get drugged into this room, and this bear puppet thing, which you don't know, I don't know who the fuck he is or what he is, but he says, yeah, the only way to get out of here is to kill somebody. So you guys can either not kill each other and live here forever and die, or... Uh, you can kill somebody and I'll let you go. And that's, that's exactly where I have stopped. So I don't know how much of the gameplay. I don't really know what the main core gameplay is so far. Walking around the area, you walk around the map in a first person view. You can have a map overlaid over your view so you can see where you're going. Uh, they introduce you to the characters in your party or the characters you're going to be dealing with and you have to use your analog stick to move a cursor around the screen or I'm guessing you could probably use a map I mean, a mouse and keyboard as well mm-hmm. but you click on a character they talked about themselves they let me know who who they are and what they're about and then you know that's that's I'm assuming giving the couple first couple areas I was in that's what it's like you're going to be going to these rooms and finding clues and piecing together a puzzle and then I'm guessing having some kind of trial or something I don't I don't know I'm trying to remember vague details from uh Austin Eruption's episode to review but that's as far as I physically know so far as as far as I've played I will say this uh, I'm I'm sure he and and Woolenham mentioned somewhere at some point that this game has strong persona vibes and oh yes it does the way that the menus pop across the screen the way the characters have multiple uh animations for or just multiple screen uh, uh pictures portraits for different emotions the way that they may save five sentences. 
but they only say a couple words or something like, huh, that's right. Or yeah, you know, that that persona right there. Just in general, the way the game feels. Oh, the music too. Very, very relaxing, but style stylized. All the animation is stylized. Uh, it is interesting. It, it has intrigued me so far. And we'll see what I get out of that. Uh, I'm hoping it's good because for some fucking drunk reason, I went out and bought all these games. <laughs> so, boy, I hope I do like it. But so far, I so far I do. I'm interested to see what the core gameplay is like. And that'll be more to follow probably in the next episode or two. Uh, I will be working this weekend, so unfortunately, uh, unlike Chris, who's going to have the weekend to just blast away satisfactory, I will be playing Danganronpa uh, when I get free time in the afternoons. But I'm pretty sure I'll have more to report next week. Uh, yeah, that that's it for my week, man. That's it. Um, Sounds I feel sad. weird. Yeah, I know, man, and <laughs> I hate it. I hate it because I I hate being the guy that's, you know, somebody else is really really interested and really into a game, and and the, you know, it's like, yeah, I didn't care for it. I, I know that feeling. I know it sucks, but hey, you didn't invent the game, man. You just have a taste that's different than mine, or something about it clicked for you that didn't click for me. It's the way the world works. Not every not every game could be a god of war for us, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, man, who who knows? If I give this game some more time, and it starts grabbing me and fucking running with it, then hey, yeah, we'll we'll see. But right now, it just I just started losing. I just slowly started going down a hill of disinterest until finally I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna save, and I don't feel like going back to it. Uh, so. Yeah, there were some... I've got my notes scattered all over the place. There were some <laughs> things I wanted to talk about tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't really think of one specific topic, but... Um, what do you know of uh, Mega64, Chris? Are you into anything from them? Do you subscribe to them? Do you watch their stuff? I don't think I've ever watched anything from them. I've just heard them referenced a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I'll constantly yeah. see their uh, shirts or hats or something when I'm watching other people, you know, stream Achievement Hunter, I believe, are big fans of uh, Mega64, so they uh, often wear, uh, if they're not wearing their own merch, of course, they'll wear stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, the last episode of uh, Castle Super Beast, uh, Wooly and Pat gave Mega64 some super high praise, and I was like, man, Mega64 is a super popular channel that why didn't I? Why don't I have any of their shit? The last Mega 64 thing that I watched and got a fucking barrel little laughs out of was the uh, Dragon Ball Z like recreation where they use like super cheap effects and like handcrafted stuff to recreate fights and stuff. It it was it was very one very well done but very funny as well. But. Yeah, I don't know what it is about Mega Sixty Four. I don't. I'm sure they have a podcast. I'm sure they have a channel do, full yeah. of content. So yeah, I, maybe that might be the next channel that I you know go check out and see. I just wondered if you had any input on it before I go and yeah. download everything. I just <laughs> uh, pulled up you know their YouTube to see what kind of content they have out there. 
uh, last week they released the 520th episode of their podcast. So that sounds about right. Yeah, Giant Bomb just did their 577th. Which, if anybody wants to number those episodes, good luck. <laughs> I did it. It took me a couple days to do that. So, <laughs> and they're probably wrong. And you know what? I don't care. <laughs> when you have to guesswork like 40 episodes out of 500 or something, you kind of sort of just let some shit fudge, you know? Yeah, it looks like so, a lot of live action stuff. I don't know how much I'd watch of it. Yeah. That okay, you know what? Now that you said that, that's that's what it was. I I'm not a big like live action like skit thing. I'm in it for reviews. I'm in it for the podcasts. I'm in it maybe in it for some let's plays, especially mm-hmm. when it's a group of people. But yeah, just a bunch of live skits. And I'm not. This is not denouncing the quality. This is not. I tell you what. I tell you what, audience. I'll do this. And I mean, I'm sure Chris will join in. Chris is not an asshole. He'll try new stuff. (laughs) If you have, aside from the podcast, and I'm probably just going to go get the podcast anyway, uh, aside from the reviews, because, I mean, reviews are reviews. It's not that hard. It's it's pretty hard to fuck up a review of something. If there is some Mega64 content out there, be it a skit, be it a series they did, that that's like, hey, uh, this is it. This is the mega. This is Mega Sixty Four right here. Shoot us a link. Send us. Tweet us. Put us. Put it in a Facebook thing. Post on the on our Facebook wall. Let us know what Mega Sixty Four stuff we need to check out. And I'm always up for new YouTube video game content. I'll definitely check it out, and I'll let you know if I like it or not. But just a random thought. You know, nothing, nothing super newsworthy about sure. them. Just, I just heard Wooly gush about them. I was like, damn, yeah, Mega Sixty Four has been around for a while. Why did I like blow them off years ago? I don't know. The Sega company has revealed the Sega Genesis Mini, yep. and it has forty classic games. Well, do we have a list of those games? Uh, I'm looking. Some of them. I thought, yeah, I thought that uh, the article I pulled up would have them, but it doesn't have all of them. And that's uh, fine. The one you linked me, it does have some, but also has a link to the website where it looks like they're rolling out them periodically. Um, yeah. So we've got Echo, Castlevania Bloodline, Space Harrier Two, Shining Force, Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, a classic, uh, Toe Jam and Earl, Comic Zone. Sonic 1, Altered Beast, and Gunstar Heroes. Yep. Uh, Given the debacle of the PlayStation uh, uh, Classic, the PS Mini, uh, I'm looking at you, Sega, and going, don't fuck this up. (laughs) It would be pretty difficult, seeing how this whole Mini thing has been around for some time now. Yeah. I, I'm still in the boat that the only mini that I really want in its entirety is the SNES mini. I don't see anything on here. Dude, I can get all these games on multiple. I can find most of these on Steam in a collection. Yeah, I so think I have most of them it, on Steam. <laughs> yeah, it would it would mainly be for just to have a little novelty thing in the house. And I'm not saying that at some point in my life, you know, maybe next year when our debt is gone, <laughs> Uh, I'm not saying that I'm not going to just have all these minis. I may just have them just to have them. But 
eh, didn't really see anything here. Maybe go, oh, Chris, we gotta buy it. I love yeah. Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Definitely love that game because I, mean, I still own the physical cartridge. So yeah, it's basically a fucking Kirby's. Hat. It's a Puyo Puyo. It's 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 meant to mm-hmm. be what it is, and I love it. But I can play that game four different ways right now. So I wouldn't go pre-order it. Yep. Get that it's, out of the way. It's a novel. It's a novelty for me. So I'm, I'm just moving on with life. Uh, this is a big one. This is a big one right here. So uh, the title, the GameSpot article reads, New Persona 5 announcement coming in April. And it is not Persona 5 Royal. So Persona 5 Royal is supposed to be coming out for the N- Nintendo Switch. There, I say that it aren't only because I haven't thoroughly researched it for kind of for spoiler reasons but also just to kind of wait for official big blurb announcements to come out but there aren't a lot of super heavy uh factual details about persona 5 royal uh there's talk of there being a female character but whether that's going to be a main female character that you you know you can change your character a female or it's going to be a new uh, confidant nobody really knows for a fact yet there this may be a variant like persona 4 golden and persona 3 uh extra content there may just be extra content coming out for persona 5 but nobody knows yet but what this article is pointing at whether it's to be believed or not is uh, this is something that's going to happen the 25th of this month. And it's got the moniker of P5S, which is different than P5R, which is Persona 5 The Royal. So mm-hmm. they're thinking this is something, this is it. This is an additional thing. This is something different than news for Persona 5 Royal. Uh, who knows? Maybe it is new content. Maybe there's new Persona 5 content coming out, but you can get all of it automatically with Persona 5 Royal. That's a, that's a, that, that's a possibility. You know, there could be new confidants, new new content, new weapons, new maybe a new dungeon or two, and that's what the P5S is. Uh, and you can get that as dlc so to speak for the playstation 3 and playstation 4 versions or you can get it all as one big bundled package with persona 5 royal i don't know what i do know is that i am happy for this because i will always take some more persona 5 content but i'm really waiting for persona 6 (laughs) really what i want (laughs) really want to hear that hey it's not coming out till 2024, Chris, but it's coming. That's that's what I need. <laughs> that's what I need. So if it's not uh, just like a Switch port, I wonder if R&S, Royal, and whatever S stands for would be like flip sides of something. Like if R is, you know, a new character or whatever, then S is an, another new character. But it's like the... Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe it's a male and female and a split between, you know, which one you're going to play as or, you know, something like that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's it's going to be good. It's That's going to be a day where I'm going to be watching that to find out what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as of right now, I don't know. It's just out there in the rumor mill. Yeah. So I'm not going to talk anything about this, Chris, but... 
Avengers. I, I, I just clicked that article just to remind me to talk about Avengers Endgame. Uh, we're, 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 we're weeks away. We are weeks away mm-hmm. from Avengers Endgame. Uh, I don't know if it was last episode. No, it was it was this week. Uh, Avengers Endgame tickets went on sale. Yeah, and I don't have the article pulled up. And if, and correct me if, if the phrasing is wrong, but they crashed AMC because so many people <laughs> were buying tickets at the same time. That's fucking awesome, people. Get your fucking head around this and understand this. This is our Star Wars. You know, this is this is my Star Wars. I now understand what people how frenzied people were about the Star Wars movie because that's how hype I am for this movie. For this whole entire franchise, period. But definitely this movie. So when I hear stories like, yeah, the people were just just, just buying tickets left to right and they crashed AMC, that's awesome. That that is just another peg in the this movie's gonna be great. Everybody, everybody is all about this movie uh, uh, story. However, I would love to point everyone to a, even though they're not around anymore, a game trailers YouTube video. It's Kyle Bossman and uh, Michael B. Huber. They're talking about media blackout. It's about 15 minutes long, but it's you get you get what you need out of it. It's the old Kyle Bossman and and uh, Huber talking about going on media blackout. We've talked about this in the podcast as well. Yeah, and I'm I'm about to fucking do it, Chris. I'm about to not get on Facebook until after I see this movie. I'm I'm getting close. I'm really getting close <laughs> because all I'm seeing now as I'm scrolling up through my news feed, I've only I've only got like 5 or 600 friends and maybe a tenth of them even post on Facebook. So, I'll see like cute story, cute kitten picture, some funny work joke. Oh, here's the new cast reveal for Endgame mm-hmm. and I'm like, god, fucking swipe. <laughs> And then when my Facebook swipes and it passes like 15 stories and slows down and stops, it's like, oh, here's a new reveal for a line that Tony Stark's going to tell. Scroll. Scroll. It's bad. There's another trailer out, apparently, for Endgame. Has a shit ton of content. There's like... Everybody is bragging and happy about how much more they can see in the trailer. And I'm like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see any of it. To this day, I have seen one trailer. That was the first in-game trailer that showed Tony Stark in the space. And honestly, the fact that I'm saying that and that's it, that's great for me. That's about all I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember him talking and I, 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 that's it. I'm done. I don't want to see anything else. I have seen, uh, this was before the ticket sales though. I have seen like... I think it was a screenshot or something um, of maybe what could be their a new uniform or a new outfit for somebody or a bunch of them. C- clicked off that shit. I don't want to see it. Uh, I, I, I don't want to see anything. And I totally get it. This is not a decry against people that are into them because I know. I know that feeling of one. If there's seven trailers, I want to see all seven of them. This is a three fucking hour movie. I want all three hours to surprise me. 
I do. Yeah. I I really, really do. I want to walk in this movie and walk out feeling fucking mentally exhausted. I don't want any part of this movie to be like, oh, hey, he's going to say the line and he says the line. I don't want that at all. I don't want to hear rumors about who the here's a photo set with fucking, you know, Tony Stark and, and Spider. I don't want to see any of that shit. I don't want to see anything. I don't want to hear the rumor mills of this is what's possibly going to happen here. Here's the people that we think are going to be brought back. I don't hear none of that. So I, I'm getting to that point. Unfortunately, on the business side of things, I can't because the end of time cast does have to engage with the audience. <laughs> but my personal Facebook Oh, I'm about to just jump off of it. <laughs> and unfortunately, it's not just Facebook. It's when I was looking through uh, news articles, I had to scroll past like four different news things because everybody's talking about Endgame right now. Of yeah. course they are. The movie's about to be out. Uh, have you had any horror stories in this so far? What? What? Better yet, where do you stand on the back on the blackout thing right now? Are, are you okay with seeing trailers and stuff? Or are you as well like, not? Nope blanket i i haven't watched any of the trailers i don't think i even saw one when i was at the theater last um but i haven't been mm -hmm. recently either so yeah um i i think at this point i'm probably just gonna wait for it to come out in a digital uh uh distribution before i watch uh, yeah. captain marvel yeah because um, it, it didn't get you know super high praise and i already you know i've i played catch up on a lot of the movies anyway so it's not a huge deal mm -hmm. for me to wait longer um yeah. but i've had no problems with like facebook and stuff with uh people posting spoilers if i imagine if they'd been that type of person i would have muted them long ago so maybe i had them <laughs> on there and they're just muted um yeah so and yeah. i mean it's it's not like everybody's trying to be malicious about it either they're just i see them getting caught up in the hype yeah. I see them going, oh, there's a new thing out. Oh, they the fucking the director said this today. I can't wait to talk about it. I get that. I completely get that. But I'm I'm in the negative zone right now. <laughs> I'm in the I don't want to know anything. No. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. The uh the only place where I've had to, you know, purposely avoid certain posts was on uh, Twitter. Um, I'm trying to be better about, you know, social media and stuff with my streams. So I have mm -hmm. tweet deck up all the time now. And, you know, so I remember to post and I'll just kind of skim through, uh, you know, if something pops up, I want to read. And every once in a while, I'll see, you know, something that has a screenshot attached or, you know, a video attached. But I have it set to, you know, show that as small as possible and don't autoplay. <laughs> so I don't get, yeah. I don't have to worry about it. I just don't click on it, you know. Um, yeah been okay so far haven't had any issues i'm sure that'll change uh probably the week prior at least um i'll start seeing mm -hmm. more and more and then once it comes out it's gonna be okay well i need to go see it or just not read other people's tweets <laughs> on the inside legit i have no problem talking about it this is the last movie in this in this arc. I'm gonna say arc, and as in hopes and praise prayers that there are there gonna be more arcs, as in another twenty something movie arc after this. But this is the end of this one, and there's been a lot of build up, a decade of building of build up, a lot of great movies, a lot of great stories, and a lot of threads out there. I really cannot wait for this movie. I am mm -hmm. super fucking excited. I bought my tickets. They're ready. 
we're we know we're going it's uh and when i when it i i this is how i know i absolutely do not fucking care about anybody else's opinion about this when the when the news articles were coming out and saying is it three hours just too long i'm like fuck you (laughs) this movie could be a nine hour movie split three ways i would just be pissed off that i have to wait (laughs) there is a track record this these movies have done so well they've ranged anywhere from okay to fucking phenomenal mm-hmm. not 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 bad ones in there okay a high okay to phenomenal and this movie is the end of it all this is where all those threads come together and it fucking hits i'm glad it's three hours i'm glad i'm super fucking happy it's not an hour and a half it's not an hour and 20 it's not two it's three hours long and you know you know, Chris, from watching Infinity War, that's just going to hit the ground running. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be 45 minutes of buildup. We spent 10 years building this up. Yeah. <laughs> you better get in, watch the previews, get your popcorn, get your pissing out of the way, and sit down. Because that shit's going to start. I I cannot wait to walk out of this theater going, oh, God. <laughs> oh man, I feel like I need to fucking sleep for a week. I I'm, I can't wait for that. But I want to tell you this: mm-hmm. despite everything I just said, Chris, I'm about to spoil the end of this movie for you. This is what <laughs> the end of this movie is going to be like. That last minute, mm-hmm. they're going to use that last entire minute, and this is the scene. You're going to see Tony Stark. You're going to see somebody else. I don't know. You can put anybody in there, but let's just say for argument's sake, you, there's, it's going to be Spider-Man. They're going to be in their regular clothes, and they're going to be walking down a road. Tony Stark's going to have a map in his hand, and Peter's going to go, Mr. Stark, you, you have GPS in your Iron Man suit. Do we have to use a map? Ah, uh, kid, you know, you'll understand someday when you get my age. Sometimes it's nice to go back to the roots and understand that you don't have to rely on technology. And just come on. It's got to be around here somewhere. I know. Let's see. This street and this street. And right at this point, Chris, the the, the super nerd, the comic nerds are going to go, oh, I know that street name. I know that street name. And they're going to walk and talk and have the little banter they always do. And he's going to be halt. The, the camera is going to be on Tony's chest and he's going to be looking at a map and he's going to go, oh, see, I told you we'd find it. And the map's going to pull down and it's going to be a plaque on a wall. Xavier's home for gifted mutants <laughs> cut to black. It's at this point that my wife is going to get up and walk out of the theater <laughs> embarrassed because her husband is going to be in that theater going, yeah, woo! She could be like, nope, uh, not having a part of this. I'm you happy are, for you uh, too, but woo. you were just trying to will this into existence, aren't woo, you? I am. <laughs> I am. I am. I've talked to so many different people at work about this, and it's just. It's everybody. It's not. It's nice to know it's not just me. It's nice to know it's not just me, you, and Adam. It's not. It's nice to know it's not just me, you, Adam, and just comic nerds. There are people out there that grew up only knowing X Men from just the cartoons, 
and you can talk to them and go, yeah, I hope that Marvel, you know, makes a Mr. Sinister like he looks like in the cartoon that I remember. You know, I hope that Marvel makes Apocalypse and makes it way better than that that silly other X-Men movie. I hope they make him look like the cartoon X-Men Apocalypse and and look like the cartoon X- talk like him. And it's that's there. People want X-Men back. Marvel, I'm I, I would assume the writers and artists and all I'm assuming the people that built this wants X-Men back as well. So, yeah yeah it's and i and i told adam this as well i it's it sounds so trivial to say it sounds so shallow to say i get it but i need the x-men to look like they used to you know i don't need to see another group of six seven people in black fucking leather outfits i want logan to come out in his yellow fucking tights with the with the with the spikes on the on the tops of his boots and and the fucking the big fins on his on his helmet the white eyes i want to see storm come out in her silver costume with the cape in the back i want to see rogue with her skin tight outfit and her fucking hair looking the way it should i want to see gambit come out in a fucking duster with the big purple thing on his chest and the black face, the white eyes and the 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 black shit on his face with his hair up at the top. I want to see Cyclops and a blue. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. I want to see X. And I know we know because because MCU has their way of spinning it. I mean, the, the, they st- look at all the characters in the MCU. Even though they have a little a little a little slight style to them, they have a little slight flair to them. You can put them up against their comic book counterparts and go, yeah, that's clearly. <laughs> I mean, you can't mistake that. If I was to show you X-Men from whatever, 2000, 2001, and point to that character, and you will go, well, yeah, that's Hugh Jackman, that's Wolverine. Then when, as soon as I put Wolverine's actual comic picture up to that, you're going to go, oh. Uh, oh, they kind of fucked that up, didn't they? <laughs> So I, I have it in my heart that Marvel, the MCU, is bringing the X Men back. I have it in my heart they're going to, and they're going to go. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna. You, when they bring Juggernaut, he's gonna be a. You made you made the Hulk. The Hulk is CG. Make a big ass CG Juggernaut, but make him look huge. You know. Same, like I said earlier, Mister Sinister, the the fucking black suit and the vampire look to his face and the big black tendrils coming out of his back. I need that. I really, I really need that, and I'm hoping that's gonna happen. And if there is even a a, a slight hint of that in Endgame, I'm gonna lose my shit. Just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done. It's all I'm gonna need. So yeah, like I said in that uh, uh, Skype message, Chris, we are not talking about details of a fucking in-game trailer. I just put that there to remind myself to talk about <laughs> about in-game that's coming out. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11's got another character coming out. I'm so happy for this for them. I I can't wait. I really hope that Mortal Kombat 11 gets finally released, and after all the characters and DLCs are done, I hope there's like 60, 70 characters. I hope that they're like 
they're like, oh, wait, so how many does that Smash Brothers Ultimate have? Yeah, we're close to that. <laughs> I really do. It's not like they're not used to this. They did it with Mortal Kombat Trilogy. You know, they had, it feels like, every character in Mortal Kombat canon in that game. So, just, just you know, throwing a little feeler out there. Happy mm-hmm. for the Mortal Kombat people. I don't know how long this is going to last. I'm sure if this is 2023, you're hearing this episode for the first time. This has nothing to do with you. But uh, you can get Monster Hunter World right now for 32 bucks on Steam. <gasps> then again, if you're listening to this in 2023, you could probably get it for less than that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it's still nice to know that Monster Hunter World is still getting a decent push out there. Chris, did you play Monster Hunter World? I did a little bit. Um, didn't really, and I expected this from what little I played of the DS version. Um, because when I played the this one on you know PS4, I was like, okay, well, I was playing a DS version. Of course, it's going to be different. You know, of course, there's going to be this and that. But then I played Monster Hunter World, and I was like, okay, this is pretty much exactly what I played. And there are a lot of things I don't like about it that you know uh, are expecting more of uh, in comparison. So I was like, eh, okay. It's, it is what it is. I played a few hours of it and then ended mm-hmm. up putting it down. Yeah. That's fine. It's, uh, it, it's the, the action of this game is where it's at for me. The, uh, I, I have only ever played, I forget what the, man, I forget what the other Monster Hunter game I played. It was one for the 3DS. I got a copy for me and my wife to play. And I, don't begrudge her for not playing it because honestly, that game is mechanically rough. It's it's not that easy on new people. It's almost like the first two hours of the game is text slash tutorial heavy, but you understand it kind of has to be that way given the game it is. Monster Hunter World though, it just took all that shit and just quality of life the fuck out of that game, which is great. I played it all the way through. I played the first uh, season of it, and just I, I was kind of done with it. I forget how many, I, I think it was like 150, 160 hours I put into it. Uh, very fun. Much like Dark Souls, there is only one monster in there that I never soloed on my own, and that was the I forget his name, but it was the unicorn one. I. Just I just could not, but I got my fun out of it, and I do think it's worth. It was worth the sixty bucks when I paid it, when I played it and uh, bought it and played it. Yeah, so thirty two bucks, definitely. Yeah, if that game gets on sale, on sale, give it a try. It's 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 worth it in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, man, this is one that uh, I was looking at news articles and came across this. This is from uh, the New York Times. Let's, uh, let's Make, come back to that one. Okay, we'll come back to that I one. I want to talk yeah, about that, that in like, another article in depth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, someone beat Mario 64 in over 70 hours using one button. Mm-hmm. This is something I'm going to have to find and watch on my own now that I know this because how the fuck? Now, that it doesn't say one hand. It doesn't say one finger. It says one button. Unless that button is programmed somehow to do other things, I I don't know. May 
it doesn't seem like it could be a stick. Like, I'm trying to get my head around this before I read the article and or just go watch the video, but how could you beat Mario 64 with only one button? The camera buttons are obviously out of the picture because that doesn't do anything to control the camera. The squat button, I suppose, but you don't go anywhere when you squat, so that's out of the question. Jump, well, as far as I know, you only jump straight up and straight down, so no. It does say use one button. It doesn't say use one direction, so I don't think, I think both the, I think the analog stick is out of the question. The logical choice that I can come across is the punch button. Because you can punch, I think he does a, a, a right hook, a left hook, and then a kick. And I do think whenever you punch, he does move forward a bit. But even then, like how? If you start the game out after, after the whole preamble with the princess goes away, I could maybe understand you punching all the way across the field and then getting to the door and opening it but if you're not using a direction i guess i guess if you punch a wall it might turn you a little bit you have to have some type of turning so... and i'm assuming at some point you have to jump <laughs> like we're only that well there is a jump kick with it there's a there's a punch punch and a jump kick in the air so that that's still not enough Oh, it's so crazy. Yeah, so looking at a little bit, of, this is a clip of it, I guess, but it's literally like a wood platform with a single red button on it. Um, and it's it's kind of based on the button presses, uh, mm -hmm. what it does. So like, you know, a set of short inputs will move uh, in uh, a particular okay. direction or something like that. Or, you know, you push and hold and push again and stuff will jump. Uh, so it's it's interesting. Um, okay, I I can see that now. Yeah, uh, pressure sensitive buttons aren't new to me and you. We know what those do, and you can have pressure sensitive slash. Uh, you could have a a a a batch where if I press, you know, basically think Morse code, mm -hmm. and you can use that button style to do something. Okay, well then I well then then really. We're say I'm saying this, Chris, because we know what GDQ is, but that's pretty simple when you when when you understand that part of it. I thought they meant one button as in one action, right. <laughs> which that's fucking. I don't think that's physically possible. Like the though whole, we have you know, playing with only like one and a half A button presses or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, just if, if we haven't directed you enough, audience, gotta go check out some of these crazy runs in GDQ. I mean, just in speedrunning period, there are some people out there that have done some crazy shit. I think there was a guy that beat Dark Souls using the drum set from mm. Rock Band or something. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, once you get the science of it the math of it the theory of it down it's just a matter of it's like wait a minute okay but still it doesn't seem like anybody could do that trust me somebody out there has done it <laughs> and have, and has done it really well uh so that's cool i will be checking that out uh i'll be checking that out headline 
Jim Carrey as Robotnik is going to steal the show. Mm-hmm. Dear headline, let me fucking tell you this, okay, Games Radar. <laughs> I you could tell me any actor in this fucking Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I don't care. I'm not doing this because every time that I pull this creepy ass Sonic picture down, my wife vomits and my wife is not a gamer <laughs> like me. She sees this and doesn't she's creeped out by it. It would in a perfect world, you could throw a name out there and it would mean something to me. But not not just the fact of the Sonic movie. We've we've had an entire episode about video game movies, folks. Mm-hmm. I've seen nothing in this that makes me go, oh, this is it. The gaming movie salvation is here. I see nothing in that in here. So Yeah, with with all the rumors around the uh movie and you know how fake or not fake, you know, those terrifying, you know, screenshots are. I looked into it a little bit, I was like, Okay, that's that's not near enough information to really, you know, condemn the uh movie so yeah i'm just i'm neutral until i see you know real stills from the movie um jim carrey okay yeah that drew my attention jim carrey's awesome uh Mm -hmm. so him as robotnik i can totally see that and uh i did i was doing a little googling it's not really any screenshots i there might be one but i think that might be him from a different movie because i don't think there are actually any stills that are real that are out there right now mm-hmm. um so i'm like yeah i could totally see that that's cool um i'm not expecting anything out of it but i'm gonna maintain neutrality until we get real stuff i have very minimal pokemon experience in my life uh, i realize okay. it's uh, I realize that a lot of regurgitation goes on in our podcast, and I am sorry, but, and I don't have a clear enough memory. Folks, I just getting to the point now where I'm losing episode count, so (laughs) I'm not a good resource for my own podcast. I am sorry, but I know I have talked about Pokemon before. Mm -hmm. I think it was a few episodes ago that I mentioned how much I played. Uh, I enjoy I, well, I wouldn't say I have a, res- a fond respect for Pokemon. Pokemon is synonymous around the world, and that's awesome. I I enjoy how popular that game is for all ages. I like that kids love the love them as toys. I love that adults have memories of them, and I love that the entire world joined together for I guess a two weeks and played Pokemon Go. I say that loosely, Chris. Apparently, Pokemon Go is still a thing. It's yeah. just not. It's not that super peat fever pitch like it was, but it's there. It's smoldering embers, so that's fine. Having said all this, I have watched two separate Pokemon uh, 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 Detective Pikachu trailers, and I—I'll admit I'm interested in seeing that movie. Maybe not in theaters, unless my wife decides she wants to go see it in theaters. But just the way the Pokemon look. And vague curiosity, I was like, yeah, I'm interested in seeing this. No, they at least they make these Pokemon look pretty fucking realistic in the world that they're in. I don't really have anything to go for or go on with this Sonic the Hedgehog movie other than the mm-hmm. stills and all the negativity. I will watch the trailer. I'll give it that. 
I will watch the trailer. Okay. And if the trailer wows me somehow, <laughs> I'll eat my words and I'll see it. But I just... Oh, I wish the audience could see my fucking face, man. I'm <laughs> I'm really curb your enthusiasm. You you have to. They made super fucking Mario Brothers into a movie and demolished it. Mm-hmm. Now this is not the same writer, not the same director, not the same acting talent. I get all of those things, but my point is the the movie. Movies have been given video games that go, here's the story. Here you go. Just make this into a movie. And they have fucked that up. So I don't know. I don't know what they could do in a Sonic the Hedgehog movie that would draw my attention and keep it. But they're doing it. I don't know. I just don't know why they're just doing it because Sonic is so fucking popular. And I'm like, that's not why we need a movie. We need a Mass Effect trilogy in the theaters. Why? Because there is an oh, epic man. fucking story to be told in Mass Effect. We need a God of War movie. Why? Because fucking God of War 2018 exists. You asshole. <laughs> that mo- that game alone is a trilogy. A quintal it's the game itself is going to be a physical trilogy. You can get 9 movies out of God of War if you wanted to and it would be fucking epic. But no. We had to make a movie about an anthropomorphic hedgehog that runs super fast. We're going to have an hour and a half movie about this. <sighs> I never went to... When me and Chris, 76 fucking years ago, sat down in our great aunt and uncle's house playing Sonic the Hedgehog 3 on top of Sonic Sonic and Knuckles cartridge, cracking out on fucking cherry airheads and drinking enough root beer to drown a fucking ocean, we never, we never looked at each other and said, you know what's missing from this? Oh, cousin of mine, a a fucking sprawling epic story. This game is so bad because there's not a great story. There is a small story in Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, Mm -hmm. I know. But we didn't play that for the story. I would imagine that when Chris played through Mass Effect, it was because the story was fucking good. When we played through, when I played through Final Fantasy VI, yes, the combat was good. Yes, the music was good. But the story is phenomenal. That's what a movie is. I don't need the action to be captured. I don't need Doom to be captured in a movie. I need the story of the game to be captured. There's there's so much fucking animosity behind all this. Because <laughs> I'm, it's another video game movie that I'm... I have my palm on my cheek, and I'm going, why this? Yeah, it is a very uh, odd choice. The plethora of, of, of stories out there that could, that could bring people to tears or bring people to their feet in cheering somebody on. No, we pick Mario. We pick Street Fighter. We pick this. Ah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, real quick. That's- yeah. Speaking of Mario, I forgot something in my week. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I got so caught up in Sus Factory that I forgot to even write down my notes for uh, what I played on Monday, uh, which I'm now calling Mario Mondays, um, <laughs> because okay. I am playing Kaizo games. Um, I'm. You're all in now, huh? I've decided that I'm going to actually make the effort to get better. Um, I had mentioned before that I put hours into the first level of uh, Grand Pool World 2, um, mm-hmm. and I got halfway to the first checkpoint. Um, so, obviously, and that was after, I want to say, four and a half hours. I think I rounded up to five, but I think when I looked my time, it was actually closer to, like, four and a half hours. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I haven't played Super Mario World in a very, very long time. When was the last time we played? <laughs> That's when I played. Um, yeah. So that's been, you know, in excess of 15 years, probably at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I picked it up. I was playing with the Xbox controller at first, switched to a PS2 controller and stuck with that. And it didn't help. Um, it helped, well, it helped some, but obviously didn't help me enough. Um, but I went back and I tried. Uh, there's a hack called Learn to Kaizo, which I played mm-hmm. a little bit of. Got to test too. And it's just ridiculous setups. And um, I, I appreciate a ROM hack like that is intended to teach you particular tricks, but mm-hmm. the setup in it that it used for the test number two, and even some of the earlier little things I've never seen actually used in a ROM hack. And it's certainly not something that I think should be expected at that point, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. ease it into a little bit more. So what I'm currently working on, is a game called uh, a ROM hack called Baby Kaizo World. Um, okay. Your sprite is Baby Mario. Um, oh, okay. And it's also, All right. So the other part of that is you not only is the name Baby because you're playing Baby Mario, but it's also a very uh, beginner basic Kaizo game. It's intended to kind of ease you into it. And this has mm. been a much better experience than Learn to Kaizo because it's an actual level. They're very short levels. Um, there'd be like, you know, four to five ish, uh, you know, jumps, if you will, uh, to simplify, um, what actually goes into it. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, then you have a checkpoint. So it's a nice, nicely paced and, you know, gradually gets more difficult and more difficult. Um, I'm up to six, uh, levels beat, um, which I'm pretty happy with. I got, you know, four of them in my Monday stream and that was only... Uh, like three and a half, four hours because we're playing D&D that night. So that's what I do before D&D. <laughs> I'll mm-hmm. play until I get to a stopping point and then, uh, or get frustrated and then I'll, you know, switch over to D&D prep if I need to do anything last minute. Or I'll play until, you know, you guys show up late and uh, not you particularly, you're always on time. But, <laughs> you know, people show up late and I'll just play until everybody's ready. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, the pacing on it is very good. And I actually, after playing Monday, I was like, all right, I actually had to put tape on my hands because the PS2 controller was cutting into me. Um, wow. What? Where the uh, top and bottom plates meet around the edge where that line is, it's like poking out. And I'm, of course, gripping my controller so hard while trying to do this that those were cutting into my hand. Um, wow! So I literally that put tape is on my unheard hand. of. Yeah, and I've been using the same controller for I don't know ten years now on uh, Final Fantasy XI on PC. So um, I went and ordered a iBuffalo controller 
um, which is SNES mm -hmm. PC controller. Um, so when Monday rolls around, I'll be trying that out. Um, I did plug it in just to test to make sure you know it was mapped properly and uh, went back to the first level, did a couple of jumps that I felt pretty good. So hopefully that'll uh, improve my Kaizo gameplay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for what it's worth, man, the only time I've ever in my existence had to put anything, even bandages, on my fingers is if on the occasion where I've had a cut or mm -hmm. have damaged my finger somehow. It has happened, and it does suck. It does feel weird when you're trying to press a button and the slickness of the... Ba I went... This is... <laughs> The reason why I solely use fabric band-aids now or bandages is because of that. That way my finger doesn't slip off as mm -hmm. bad. But yeah, that's uh that's something else, man. That's something else. That's some dedication. I'd say that for sure. Uh, your health your health means a lot more to me than your your Kaizo experience, Chris. <laughs> you should not you should not do that, man. <laughs> uh -huh. But I'm glad you're having fun, though. That's there. There is challenge involved in that, and which I respect. And there's also, you know, there's a meta here that people don't see. Like the the average viewer, without having somebody go in and explain what's going on, sees basically a lot of really precise jumps and a lot of like, what? Wait, he just grabbed a shell and then pushed it, and a flower appeared, and the what happened? There is a whole different game playing with these Kaizo games. You know, yeah. there's all kind of shit going on. So you really, I would suggest you have to kind of be in the know a little bit to get what's going on. But once you have those games in your hand and you're trying them, yeah, the challenge is unfucking deniable. Yeah, I mean, so wow. Fu funny story, real quick. Like I said, it's been a long time since I, uh, you know, played uh, Super Mario World. And I don't know why this didn't register, but bear with me. So mm -hmm. I started playing, um, it might have been this game or one of the other uh, Kaizo games I loaded up and, you know, did a couple jumps in. But uh, I got to a slope and I was like, okay. So I started running down it and did a jump and nothing special happened and I died. I was like, wait. Okay, there's a message box. It's like, yeah, you need to slide down slopes. I was like, okay, well, how do I slide? <laughs> it had been so long since I played that pressing down didn't even register to me. That was too wow. simple. You know, I'm I'm playing complicated Kaizo games. I have complicated controls to remember and, you know, learn. Just pressing down is didn't register. And I, I Googled it and I was like, what are the, the buttons for, you know, Super Mario World? And it's like, you jump. What, what else do you want? You jump and you run. Um, I'm like, okay, fair enough. Um, so I just started pressing buttons and I was like, oh, yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> that's great. That's that's good. It really brings back the history to you, don't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. And we're getting back to the news now. <laughs> yeah, so... This, I'm just going to read this uh, title from Games Radar Plus. Men's Health Singapore puts Kratos on the front cover, detailing how to get his dad bod, and boy, is it amazing. <laughs> I 
am totally down with men's health having fucking Kratos on the cover as a legit th- men's health. Mm-hmm. Men's hey, I'll tell you the secret, men's health. You didn't even need to write an article. You could have just asked me or Chris. You be a fucking Greek god. That's <laughs> how you get the damn dad bod of Kratos. Like you it. gotta. There's a lot of bloodshed involved in this, but <laughs> uh, yeah, you get, you're gonna have to. Uh, okay, so there's more to it than that, really. You gotta. You gotta have a family and you gotta be a a fucking warlord and you gotta go into a fight and be almost dead and call for Ares. He's gonna, (laughs) he's gonna give you some power, but he's gonna fuck you over and flash forward. And you're a fucking awesome character in Greek mythology or in uh, Norse mythology. Yeah. Uh, I have not forgotten about you at all, God of War. You know, Chris, one of the games that I tell people about when I'm trying to squeeze people into uh, video games is actually God of War. It it really is. I think the fact that it does have variable difficulties, I think that if somebody wanted to get a really good feel for an action game, I think you could probably crank this bad boy down to super easy difficulty. And I think they would probably be more wowed by the visuals than they were about what they were doing until the until the action caught up, you know. It is such a man, it's such a masterpiece of a game. It it it, it has great combat, great visuals, a great story, great voice acting, uh, great cutscenes. It's definitely a game where you could de- you could put this in front of somebody, much like presenting a movie to people that to somebody that doesn't really like movies that often. Go, mm-hmm. oh yeah, check this out. I have been trying to figure out how I want to. I want to show the God of War movie to more people in life. Like I want, it's such a hard sell when you tell them that yeah, well, two things. One, it's eight hours long. And there is a lot of gameplay footage in it. And they're like, I don't want to see that. And you're like, well, you say that. (laughs) But if you watch the combat, it's actually pretty fucking awesome. I mean, the moments, Chris, when you're fighting in combat and somebody and Kratos holds his shield up and it's basically a parry and it goes clang and it kind of has that little slowdown. And the weapon dings off of it, and you see Kratos that that look in his his eyes of I just that's the combat, you know. It's everything about this game is so visually awesome, and I love that, you know. I love it when I get when there's a game out there that puts this much effort into it. As much as yeah. I'm looking forward to Persona Six, I'm definitely looking forward to the sequel to this. Oh yeah, oh, there are so man. many. There's so many games that I think if we look at, there's just there are so many that we're looking forward to, but we don't know when where we're going to get them. Yeah, yeah. Just the thought of that, man. The thought of it's it's like 2023, and we're talking about Persona Six finally. You know, mm-hmm. all right, we're gonna. So I've been playing Persona Six, you know, and that's then. We're talking right now, the fucking April of 2019. We don't know shit. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you and I 
and and probably Adam as well have a pretty strong hunch if anything just the money factor but we have a pretty strong hunch that come on folks a persona 6 is getting made it's oh, yeah. probably well into development right now but you push that envelope we don't we don't know shit we don't know <laughs> we know nothing Right, <laughs> and the only thing that the only reason why we're pretty sure God of War is getting a sequel is because we're pretty sure. I almost cliff, said something, the cliffhanger. but yeah, we'll yeah I guess you should, yeah, the cliffhanger. Don't 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 fret though. Don't let that be a reason not to play, folks. You get a solid ending. It wraps oh, yeah. up like it's supposed to, but you know there's something coming. Yeah. And there has to be. You can't leave that game by itself. I'm sorry. <laughs> I put I put that on you, Corey. You can't do that. Don't give me just that game. Yeah, I love I, it. I think I'll it was successful. It. I don't think Way I think they'd too. be fools not to continue. And I think they realized that even if they even if they had never intended, which I believe at some point someone might have said something about there maybe there was gonna be, you know, more to it, but even if that wasn't originally planned, when they made it, released it, and it just exploded in a literal mm. fountain of money that they yep. went okay yeah we did we did yep. a good job we should do this again <laughs> yeah because i mean it's man this is almost like a conversation in and of itself but you have to know that this game took a while to develop you have to know that people put a lot of heart and soul into making this game. And you have to know that because the fucking game shows it. Oh, yeah. I remember I remember every new area, Chris, in God of War 2018. Every new area I went in at some point, usually usually close to the beginning, I would just fucking pan the camera around and look and just look at all this detail like look at all the individual not copy paste the individual carvings they put into that wall look at how the fucking foliage on that wall sways in the wind look at how the color is all like the color just flows in this area okay look at the real ugh. quick I'll, I'll let you continue gushing in a second but i was actually curious if anyone had a timeline for the development cycle for God of War. Mm -hmm. It started in 2014. Wow. It that was released does, that... in April of 2018. So it had roughly four years from start to finish. Wow. That, that does not seem... That is crazy. Roughly four years to make that game. Yeah. Wow. And... Uh, do you feel like does when you play through that game, Chris? Did you the only thing if if I if I could if I could be the asshole and swing a rope at him, a rope as in hey guys, you need to pull your fucking shit back and 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 hold on and make more. Some of the enemies are samey. That's understandable. Some of them are, and maybe if they went in, but see, you're asking a lot though. If you're asking them to make other other enemy types, all those enemies are pretty much different. All of them. 
They all have different ways they need to be approached, different ways they need to be attacked. So, yeah, I could say that if they wanted to take a couple more years to add some more enemy types in there, sure. But understand this, audience. I'm saying that because I'm pressed to. My, excuse me, that game still gets a top of the charts rating from me. I love what they gave. I'm fine with it. Oh, yeah. And uh, so if, so 2000, so then, yeah, so 18 and 19, 19, 21, two, so 22, I'm still going to stick with 23 just for, just for shits and giggles. 2023, we will be playing God of War, the sequel to this one. I'm not saying they would. I hope they don't. And if they do, I'm not going to blame them, really. I'm actually going to blame gaming in general because it seems to be a thing that sequels like to do often. I hope that we don't have a lot of that sameness back. You know, I hope that I don't see a shit ton of the same enemies. If sure. if if there are um, shitting, num- shitting numbers out here, okay? If there are 30 individual monster types in the God of War 2018 game, the 2023, if there are 15 of the same, there better be 15 to 20 brand new ones. Sure. That's what yeah. I need. I, what I, I need other... Go ahead. What I, what I see kind of happening with that, and this is just a guess, you know, take or leave it. Um, I think starting out, you'll have the same enemies, and then you'll go to a different area. Um, uh-huh. a new pantheon maybe something like that you know and that'll yeah. have its own environment its own set of enemies so i think we'll see some of the same at the start and then it'll phase out that'd be a here's smart a question here's a question for both of our memories mainly yours because you know i don't have one uh <laughs> spoilers for god of war 2018 uh a spoiler free review we have an entire episode of that folks but mm-hmm. really quick uh, spoiler free review from me and Chris both the end of time cast in general go play the fucking game <laughs> if you don't own the si- remember everything we said about Persona 5 same thing here substitute Persona 5 for God of War there you go if you don't have the console go buy a console it's wor- it is absolutely worth it send me your email detailing reasons why you didn't like God of War I'll read it and I'll understand it but that's crazy talk this game is great <laughs> um, so let's Let's theorycraft for a bit on a sequel. Mm-hmm. We we already know that potentially, unless they deusate, well, I mean, it's not that hard to say that they, that they could bring Balder back because she did take him into her cap into her hut or whatever. And no telling what she's doing in there. She's got all kind of magics, kind of powers and whatnot. She could be reviving him somehow. Uh, we know that Thor is going to be a thing because now. Not saying that he will be the main goal of this next game. This next game may be just a shadow chase. It may be him being there like a Thanos for a while. Just, mm-hmm. hey, I'm who you're coming after. And then in 2029, the next, the third God of War, it's all about Thor. But what I wonder is, remember... Chris, the way that we traveled in God of War 2018, we used that uh, that room and we spun the thing around yeah. and then we traveled to different areas. Weren't all the areas already traveled to except for like one or two? Uh, yeah. 
So if so, how how are they going to do this sequel then? Even if they have two, are there two new areas we get to travel to, and that's it? Are we going to be traveling to the same exact places again? Like how? It could be like a hub to a hub thing. You know, one of the branches we didn't go to goes off. You know, to the Bifrost. You know, and then that Mm -hmm. connects us to the other areas uh, that we're more familiar with. With the uh, you know Thor universe. I see that. I see that. Uh, another question, see, how can I, if I'm really trying to figure out a good way to route around this question, (laughs) if, cause it's going to sound mean either way, but okay. It's, let me phrase it less like a mean and more like a challenge. I respect uh, and do not envy that team, the challenge they have. Because one of the other unknown, unspoken, it just happened as it happened in the game aspects of God of War that I love is the way that the main world grew. You know, the more that you... Okay, all these concepts are what I'm talking about. The challenge is how are they going to match slash outdo these concepts? You had this giant fucking world serpent, which was cool in and of itself. Mm-hmm. That's a concept. It's going to have to be met or 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 something greater than that's going to have to exist. Uh when the great when the world serpent moved, its movement lowered the water which gained you more access to more areas in the main world. That is another concept that's going to have to be met or 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 done better than. I just man, you see what I'm saying, Chris? They've yeah. got a lot They've got a lot of it, it. It just so happened that God of War 2018 blew our fucking mind. It just so happened that it was what that we thought it was going to be a, a six. It turned out to be a ten. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they need to focus on making a ten. I'm saying that they need to focus on making things that made it a ten. Yeah, I think. And I, whew, man, I think the way I look at it is that. They they made this game in four years. So aside from the time being absolutely incredible, that was four years of, you know, you know, what engine did they use? What tools did they use? How much of the, you know, assets and everything was or how much of that time was spent building tools, assets, etc. So if the next game takes another four years, that's time for a polish. That's time okay, we've yeah. got our assets. We'll have to make new ones, of course, to match, you know, the new the new story etc but mm-hmm. the basic the base is there you know you've got yeah. your mold Solid now you just point. have to fix it and add on to it and now now yeah. is a time where so you don't even have to you, all that time that you did spend on building character models and building uh engines and building combat mechanics and algorithms and all that all that's away so now mm-hmm. that two years for that it's all into ideas Six days a week, the team is coming in. All right, pitch me world-building ideas. Think of the world serpent. Think of the way the world serpent opened up the worlds. Think of how we did the portal to other and all the other worlds looked individual. I need world-building. I need other worlds thematically functioning, fu- thematically functioning worlds. Go. Yeah, I see what you mean. That's a that's a lot of good time for. 
a lot of shit to, to be put on walls. A lot. Yeah, I hope is, so. And I was Googling. It actually is a proprietary engine or system they use. They made mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, studio. So this isn't like, oh, well, let's pop in Unity and, you know, or building, uh, you know, adding on something like that. This is something they built. So, yeah, they absolutely spent a lot of time, I'm sure, mm-hmm. devoted mm-hmm. to that. Yep. Yeah, I have high hopes, man. I really do. I really do cuz oh. What a, what a treasure. What a treasure we got. Yep. Felt good to talk about God Award for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this this podcast is going to be the Final Fantasy 6 Chrono Trigger fucking Persona 5 God of War podcast forever, but hey, mm-hmm. the the games were good, folks. I can't 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 take that from them. Yeah. So uh, I don't yeah. know if you saw it in Discord. I just posted it uh, since we started, but there is a teaser in Division Two that gives the setting for the next Assassin's Creed game. Really? Apparently, it involves the Vikings. Oh. So that's gonna be pretty cool. Um, the thing, and that aside, um, which is okay, I don't really care about hearing what setting it is because we're gonna get that when we get you know the first game reveal or your first announcement etc but the main thing from that article that actually got my attention was that they are skipping this year again and then next year is when we'll get this you know viking one which for them is a great idea it worked out so well for them uh with the last one i want to say this last one they put the space in between or maybe the one before but either way uh, having that time to flesh things out more, put more thought into it, um, just all around made for a much better game. And with it being Vikings, I totally hope, you know, they take that time to flesh out, you know, the boat system they're going to use. I hope it's more like Black Flag and we get the return of that. Um, and it's that kind of open world. I think it's going to be, I mean, it has a lot of potential. And yeah. That two-year gap, that two-year, uh, you know, basic extra time, or that year of extra time, I should say, um, that's a good opportunity. Well, oh, the best things for Assassin's Creed, I really do. And I, to tell you the truth, I've honestly been toying around in my mind here lately of when the last two games, uh, Odyssey and uh, Origins. And Origins, yeah, when those prices drop down a little further, I, I may I may think about picking them up. Yeah, I didn't it's, even realize how much DLC both those games had. <laughs> I started yeah. playing the newer one, and I was like, wait, there's other DLC I'd never played on the older one? And then yeah. the new one has all kinds of stuff I saw, you know, posts on Twitter and stuff. It's like, yeah, our latest DLC. I'm like, what? I didn't even know this was coming out, because I just kind of moved on to the next game. And, um, I mean, despite having enjoyed it, I just kind of, you know, moved on after I beat it and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool, man. Uh, you know, that brings up another random topic that I, I'm honestly losing count of these days. Okay. How many games are having, like, guest characters and crossover events? Like, this used to be something just in fighting games, but it's happening all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh Speaking of Persona 5, I mean, as we all... And yeah, okay, so Smash Brothers is basically a fighting game. But yeah, jo- fucking Joker? 
from mm-hmm. Persona 5 is coming to Nintendo Switch. It's coming to Smash Ultimate. What? Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, it is, man. It's getting to the point now where I'm seeing articles every week, every other week, and I'm like, there's another game. And it's as I'm reading it, and I'm wowed just by the fact that these companies are coming together, and this character is jumping into this this universe, it's like, wow. But I yeah. forget it because there's so many. It's happening so often. <laughs> there's uh, I, I read – well, I, I actually – so I didn't read about it. I first watched a Achievement Hunter video set in Far Cry New Dawn. And it was a short, you know, couple minute video where there's like, yeah, you can find uh, some Splinter Cell references in it. Like uh, Sam Fisher, I think is the character's name. Um, mm-hmm. And he's actually, there's, you don't physically see him in the game, but you like get his suit and find this lore from something he was doing when this whole thing went down and then mm-hmm. they went into a whole conversation about how every Ubisoft game is connected in some way. Cause there's oh, all references wow. in each one. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege has a connection to something. And then another game has a connection to something else. And when you look at it, it's like one big universe that all these games yeah. are based on. Even like rabbits, uh, as funny as it is, had some loose reference, you know, I think that was just like, a statue in the game or something which i've seen that in uh i can't remember which game it was but it's like yeah that's that's awesome mm-hmm. uh i was trying to remember one that happened uh recently i i've got into uh, uh i actually bought uh this this is how bad my persona fever is getting okay <laughs> i bought uh blaze blue cross tag battle because okay. I want to say it has Persona 2 and Persona... I'm mean, sorry, Persona 3 and Persona 4 characters in it. Uh, I have never played a Blast Blue game, a Blaze Blue. I think I, pl- I think I owned one for the PlayStation 2 way back in the day when Blaze Blue right. first came out. But uh, it's, again, it, repeating shit here. It fell into the same category that all fighting games play into, so... Uh, yeah, I bought this just because I saw some Persona characters in it and figured I'd support the idea. And it's, it's, it's crazy, man. It's a, it's a time we're living in. Just think of the other shit that's going on, Chris. We have, uh, this, the whole Xbox thing coming to the Nintendo Switch. You know, the, the, this companies are merging. Companies are coming together. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy, but a little unsure assuredly nervous you know (laughs) i I don't know i i really think i'm only gonna i'm not saying this to pull the uh razor fist fuck you i was right but i am saying this because i I think something is happening i think that something big within the next say five years is going to happen as far as all the big gaming companies the big three microsoft sony and, and nintendo well, I, I I can tell you what it is. Okay. So all the all you know the big three are gonna just say you know what we're uh, we're done making hardware. We're just gonna make games. We're gonna collab. It's gonna be a great you know world for games. And we're just gonna put everything on Google Stadia. Hmm. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Okay. Fucking Chris, are we really gonna do this right now? <laughs> We're gonna do no, this right uh, now. No, let's well, do it right now. 
<laughs> would would you be mad about that? Um, How would you feel if Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony all came out and said, "Guys, there's no person, there's no PlayStation Five, there's no Nintendo Switch Two, there's no Xbox Two, we're done, but all of our gaming prowess, we're 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 going to one place." So consoles were done, but games get them here. I mean, I mean, as long as it wasn't Google Stadia, sure. I mean, say everything's going to PC, you know, that money's mm-hmm. been on a console by the money you spend on like two consoles, build a decent PC and then you can play everything from all of us. You know, I would absolutely be okay with that. That would be less hardware to manage and more centralized gaming. I have no problem yeah. with that. Yeah, it. I, I'd have to think about it for a couple of days. I really would, because I mean, it doesn't even matter if it was Google Stadia PC, like you said. It could be anything. There could be a brand new. There could they three could come together and say we're making this thing that's basically just it's like a PC and it's going to be modulated as as the future goes. The Playbox Switch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the Playbox Switch. Because again, as I've. I, you tell me how you feel on this, but I've said this several times. It's not about the console. It's not about whatever thing I play them on. I don't play consoles. I play video games. Right. So the so whatever the uh the playbox playbox switch was that what you said? Yeah. I like I like that, man. Because it all fits, and you can. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Because the Playbox Switch is just a place where I put my disc into or my cart into mm-hmm. or you know, if they if it goes that way and it's reliable and I can stop being a fucking old fart about it, I can go download my games onto. Yeah, imagine That means imagine the resources that not caring about hardware anymore would free up for all three of those giants. Yep. Yep, yep. Take their console budget, allocate it to games. But see, there may be a bigger there may be a bigger problem with this though, because while it is so you got a couple easy ones. Mm-hmm. Nintendo, the entire Nintendo world is coming together. All the Nintendo franchises. Okay, cool. So Mario, uh uh, Star Fox, uh, Donkey Kong, etc. All there. Uh, Sony. All the Sony properties. You could stop at God of War if you want to at this point. <laughs> but all those come together. We're talking first party. And mm-hmm. then first party for uh, Microsoft. The problem is, what about Capcom, Chris? What about Konami? What about Square Enix? What about Ubisoft? What about except Bethesda? Etc. I mean, they just keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, they just release what, on PC or whatever the equivalent is. You know, centralized platform. They're doing nothing different. That's even easier for them because they don't have to do as much cross-platform adjusting and you know testing and trying to bug fix. They could say, okay, this is our unified platform. All games are going here. We test on one system, maybe two depending on if it's PC directly or PC and something. 
but you don't have to test on Switch, Xbox, and PlayStation. Yeah, man, I got to tell you, it's uh, it it's something to think on. It really is because without thinking, without thinking, because I don't have enough on this episode, I don't have enough time to think. Mm-hmm. the The obvious side is, yeah, fuck yeah, all the gaming companies come together and make all the games on insert thing here. That's awesome. But I, f- I feel like there's other ne- there's got to be negative ramifications. I'm just not thinking of. There's got to be like woo woo woo. I just I don't know. I pose it to you, audience. This is a great topic for discussion. It really, really is. If if the big three came together right now, so we're out of the heart. We all three of us are out of the hardware industry, or we're all just gonna make this one central thing, whatever. How would you feel as long as all those gaming pools are coming together? That's that, that's the key here. Everybody's making the, all the games together. And it's that there, there, there physically is no console war anymore because either they're all doing it on Steam or Stadia or they have this new thing that all three are resourcing together to modulate forever. Whew. My knee-jerk reaction, Chris, is I follow the games. Mm-hmm. It's as that that that's that's the end of it, really. Yeah, uh, that's the end of a short statement, anyway. I'm sure there's other shit behind it, but yeah, yeah, I'm down. What? what tell tell me where I can play Persona Six. Tell me where I can play Final Fantasy. You know, Six's remake. Tell me where I can play. You know what? Make it even better. Go full balls to the wall. Tell me where I can play Final Fantasy VI for real on this one thing. You know, mm-hmm. have it all backwards compatible. Ah, mm. yeah. I hope you called it right, Chris. We will. I, I feel like we're, <laughs> I feel like in the next few years we're gonna hear something. You that I don't know why, or maybe it's just because I didn't see how much press it got. But you had all three presidents on the stage side by side at one time in mm. front of the world to see. Now, look, OK, I understand the the premise of wrestling. Like, look, man, wrestling's fake. OK, these two wrestlers hate each other in the ring, but they went out to fucking eat at Applebee's when the match was over. OK, <laughs> they all drank together and hung out together. They're actually best friends in real life. They're just yeah. really good at stage play. OK, I understand that all three of those presidents are business. They're just business leaders. It's all mm-hmm. business to them. I'm sure at some point they've had to be they've had to been in the same room, either in teams or all three at some point to discuss something. However, <laughs> all three were on stage giving a message that basically kind of said like great things are coming mm-hmm. at one time for the world to see. I think that meant something. A I think that was force. a that yes. That was a, some shit's coming. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. I'm not going to pull a, I told you so, but more like a, ah, yes, I called it. I feel like this was too easy, though. I feel like this is a very easy called it. <laughs> so after, you know, talking about that high and stuff, shall we talk about some bad and some negative? 
Yeah. With our, yeah, let's uh, end tonight on a sour note. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I blame this one completely on me. And I haven't even I really I haven't even read the article, Chris, because I felt the art the article's title was enough to, for mm-hmm. me to get a little bit a, a few sentences out about. Uh, the New York Times had an article written by uh, one Jason Schreier. Let's take a uh, moment there. Mm-hmm. Jason Schreier is a Kotaku uh, editor. I think. Let me see what actually credits him at the bottom of the article because he says he's a is the news editor at Kotaku. This mm-hmm. is the one guy that no matter how many people crap all over Kotaku, Kotaku, when you go. But it's a Jason Schreier uh, story. You're like, oh, well, never mind. I'll read it. That's yeah. how great of a uh, news per- person. I don't even know what the proper t- title for him is. But that's how journalist. good he is at these. Yeah, journalist. That's the word I was trying to think of. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, if I see his name on Oracle, I'm like, okay, this is going to be well thought out, well written. Um, and these couple articles certainly show that. Yeah. And I... Uh, just for a little bit behind the curtain, I don't read any of these news articles. I really don't read news, not even video game news. I know gasp at that, like, wow, I thought the video <laughs> game news should be all over. I read a f- I read some things here and there, but I get my video game news loosely through mo- mostly YouTube videos and content creators. But I don't wake up in the morning and pour myself a cup of coffee and pull up Kotaku and read 20 articles. That's just, it's never been me, so... Uh, mainly I can see a topic and I want to talk about it. And that's kind of, that's where most of our news comes from on this show. Uh, I've read both of these articles top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just this, this, I saw this today when I was pulling up different news topics Mm -hmm. and I said, yeah, I could speak on this a little bit, uh, the topic, the, the, the article's title is Making Video Games is Not a Dream Job. That I, I mean, that, yeah, you, you said it right, Chris. It definitely was a downer thought, and it really is. It, it genuinely is for many reasons. And this is probably going to get a little deep here on this topic, probably going to get a little philosophical, and you just kind of got to bear with it. It's probably going to be a little bit of worky-talky as well because, I mean, unfortunately, people do have to work to make video games, you know, they don't just pop out of midair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember a story, an anecdote, a long time ago. I think in high school I heard about this. I forget who, uh, as I put chapstick on, because <laughs> I haven't talking too much. I really forget who I heard this from or read it from, but it struck me so so deeply. And it kind of this this story alone swayed me. I, I, well, I'd say what I heard about making video games happened before this, but this definitely put things in perspective for me. And somebody can probably somebody's going to pull up the actual story right now. It might be from a book. I don't know, but I'm gonna paraphrase it, paraphrase it as best I can. So there's a boy in school, and he, they were talking like grade school. He's playing baseball, and the only time he ever plays baseball is when he goes to the baseball field and plays with his friends after school. He just plays with a bunch of friends. He has fun. 
Well, one day a coach sees, stays late, sees the boy plays, has a great time, says, hey, if you want to come play on the baseball team, you can. So now the boy plays after school, but he also plays for a team. He kind of mixes it up. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's grade school. They're not, this is like Little League. Mm-hmm. When he gets to high school, he still plays. High school coach is like, hey, you should come play for the high school team. We do a lot of practicing. We do a lot of physical training. We do a lot of this, a lot of that. But it's it's hard work. But, yeah, we want you to play. You're good. So now the kid doesn't play after school for fun anymore with his friends. Now he goes to practice. Now he goes to work out. He goes to play ball. On, he plays actual games. He's only playing. He's doing a lot of work and only playing when he has to. Gets out of college, gets out of high school, goes to college. The college team recruits him, says, "All right, well, you don't really have time to study. You don't really have time for schoolwork. Do the best you can, but we want you to play for us. You're doing really good." Damn near the kid doesn't play for fun at all because it's re- it really is work now. Now it's over into mm-hmm. his school life almost. Leaves college, goes to the pros. The pros say, "You are signed on a contract. You play for us. This is what you will eat. This is what your diet will be." This is when you will practice. This is when you will play. This is the baseball that you will hit. This is the bat you will use. These are the clothes you will wear, etc., etc. So now the kid doesn't really play for fun at all. And I know that there are several people out there that love what they do. And this is not trying to sway anybody out of that. If you are working at a job right now that you genuinely enjoy, that's a blessing. Be happy for that because there are people out there that are making less than you and absolutely hate their job, but they're pretty much stuck where they are. Mm -hmm. The point is, I it's been a philosophy of mine for many years, many, many years. I want to keep my hobby a hobby. I don't want my hobby to be work. And if I ever had if I ever needed any kind of proof, any kind of backing to this, why I think that would make sense is making video games, the actual job in and of itself of making video games. Uh, full disclosure, I'm talking completely, completely out of my ass. I have not sat down with a video game developer and did an interview. I don't know anybody that has gone on to professionally make a video game for like a double a or triple a team. Uh, I'm aware that there are multiple facets of making a video game. There's programming, there's game design, there's combat design, there's, there's voice talent recruitment, there's a graphic design, music composition, story development, plot development, character development. All these things require a person or multiple people. So not everything falls into the categories of just, you're just a game developer. Right. But early horror stories that I heard about back in my day, as the old man I am, I I used to hear that one of the best ways to get into game development was being a video game tester. You know, you go to a company, you get in their debugging department or you get in their bug testing department, you get your name known, you get your name thrown out there, you're working at Nintendo or at Capcom or at 
you know, some some third branch of Konami, whatever, and you move your way up the ladder, much like you would do with any company. Uh, and again, I realize that not everything in life is like this. There are colleges designed now like you can go to graphic school. It has nothing to do with video games. You are a 3D artist and mm-hmm. your art gets noticed by uh, whoever, EA, and they go, hey, we think you could do good making some art for us. Come join our team. This is solely on the old, archaic, probably isn't even how it's done these days, method of, oh, you want a game design? Uh, start with deep, start with bug testing. Uh, the horror stories I heard about this, it, 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 I say horror stories, but it's more like a reality. You walk into this company, and you're like, okay, I'm working for Capcom. Cool. I would I would love to bug test Street Fighter Five or Street Fighter Six for you. And they go, whoa, buddy. Let's see. Let's hold up there. You're brand new to this company. We know nothing about you. Nothing about your work ethic. You're at the bottom of the tier. Understandably, you just got here. We have this fourth-rate gaming project that we're working on. This new IP. It's kind of got some clout some people may be interested in it this game in the reality may never leave the development room but your job for eight hours a day is to sit in front of this game and test this game and you go okay so am i ever gonna test street fighter 6 probably not kid but maybe you'll be around to Maybe and you get good enough and big enough up the ch- up the chain. Maybe you can do Street Fighter Seven six years from now. But right now, you got to start at the bottom, mm-hmm. and it's okay. So what do I do? A lot of boring, repetitious shit. You're yep. gonna sit in front of the screen with this game with a controller. Okay, so am I am I gonna go like do a battle? No, no, no. I mean, you may eventually, but what you're gonna do? All right, so here's your 3D character. You got it. All right, cool. He's a, he's a he's a a bat. Yep, he's a bat character. He's an anthropomorphic bat. It's a 3D environment. The camera's over the shoulder. All right, so what do you want me to do? All right, turn your camera to the left. You see that wall? Uh huh. I want you to walk into that wall. Uh, okay, and keep walking into that wall for five hours. That's it. That's it. That's what I need you to do. And then check this box when you're done. If you have any problems, write down what problems happened. When you're done with that, I want you to run into the wall, but I want you to press jump. And keep pressing jump for two hours. If it, everything goes fine, check the bar, check the, the box. If you have problems, write the problems down. The idea, the old archaic idea of a bug tester, and please, oh boy, Chris, uh, Wooly, Pat, if you hear this episode, please let us know <laughs> because I know you guys are bug testers. Let me know how wrong I am. But the general wraparound mind idea of a bug tester I understood was you are trying to do shit in this game to make a bug happen to where you forward that to the programmer and the programmer goes, oh, okay, let me change this code. When this happens, don't do this, do this instead. Boom, the bug's fixed, move on. So... You're playing a game that you don't want to play, you don't like, or even, God forbid, you do like, but you're not even really playing the game sometimes. 
you're just trying random shit and finding what breaks. So just press the punch button. Just press the punch button for an hour. Run around the map pressing the punch button. Let me know if a glitch happens. Let me know if you suddenly get warped somewhere. Let me know if a debug menu just pops up. You're less... You were less trying to play the game until it fucks up and more just do a bunch of zany, wacky bullshit until something does happen or something does go wrong. Which... In theory, for a game like, I don't know, Chris, Grand Theft Auto V, where wanton destruction and wanton action is kind of the name of the game. Mm -hmm. But let's say you were playing Barbie's Horse Adventure eight hours a day for two months straight. That's, That's your job. Imagine playing Barbie's Horse Adventure for that long and then going home and playing another game. I don't even know if I want to test if I have that patience, Chris, (laughs) but I have it in my mind that if my job every day is doing this monotonous video game bullshit when I get home, I don't know if I want to play video games. That is a very lofty philosophical statement. I have no backing to it because I've never done it, but I feel like my gaming which has become my hobby would start becoming my work and because it became my work i would not want it to be my hab- my hobby yeah that's my long-winded theory on this topic making video games is not a dream job yeah. what are your thoughts what are and so, there's more to come but what are what i've i've babbled enough yeah so i think you're pretty spot on with you know the whole work versus hobby type thing um the this article in particular the you know the headline's pretty obvious but the the meat of this is basically focusing on all the layoffs all the basically issues that are kind of uh uh that workers in the industry are facing right now and it's talking about the pay disparity you know between ceos and you know, general workers and stuff. And the focus on this is, you know, trying to establish unions to help protect them. And um, I don't know if you wanted to talk about that particular thing anymore, but that really, this article, the New York Times one, is a follow-up to uh, his Kotaku article uh, talking about Anthem. And it's, uh, man, it's uh, it's production. Um, the Anthem article is titled How Bioware's Anthem Went Wrong. It's very similar to uh, a recent article, I say recent, you know, relatively speaking, you know, concerning Mass Effect Andromeda. And there was another game, I think more recent than Andromeda, that had a similar story. Um, And I, I read bits and pieces of the Andromeda one, and okay, I understood but this anthem article is probably like i want to say three thousand plus words um you know the scroll bar on here is like half a centimeter and that's on a full screen window so this article is very in-depth um it goes through how the game was first Let's see if I can find the exact date. They started production on it in like 2012 uh, as a concept 
um it was named originally like beyond or something like that and they actually the name anthem was popped up like a week before the e3 reveal we saw so all these things have changed um but the the big issue and i think this kind of shows you know why bioware is getting such heat lately um because mass effect andromeda i I realized people weren't happy about certain stuff. I didn't experience a lot of the bugs people had. I, generally speaking, enjoyed the game. Um, mm-hmm. Did it blow my mind? No. But, okay, whatever. Did the studio have problems? Okay. That, you know, explains some of the issues and whatnot. That's fine. Um, but I didn't really... Bio, I'm not one of those that kind of focuses on developers a lot. You know, studios, etc. I'm like, I have no idea who made this game. I'm just playing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see the splash screen and that's about as in-depth as I go. Um, obvious, like Blizzard aside, because um, they're kind of synonymous with a lot of their games, you know, StarCraft, Diablo, etc. So that's kind of a no-brainer. But when, even Mass Effect, I was like, who makes Mass Effect? Oh, right, Bioware. I don't, I know nothing and really didn't care about Bioware, uh, if that makes sense. I just focus on the games, because um, mm-hmm. that's really what I care about. But, this article talking about the life cycle of Anthem, the game was basically made in like six months out mm-hmm. of, you know, almost seven years of development. That is absurd. Um, and it's it's talking about how people had to take stress leave because they got so stressed out, you know, with the schedule, the crunch, the all the issues going on, the lack of direction. People literally had to take stress leave and they had what they called stress casualties. People Mm. that left on like stress leave and just never came back or got so stressed out that they said, I quit. And that is, you know, going to what you're talking about, how, you know, it's not quite what you expect or you don't want to do it and play the game. That's like, you know, a exponential leap above that to where it's like you it was so bad that you actually got so stressed out. You just had to quit. And yeah. <sighs> we're, get, we're getting into it, Chris. Woo. Yeah. And if you're, you know, we talk about how, you know, it's a dream job. Some people, of course. Yeah. That was one of my, you know, as a kid, I was like, yeah, I want to make video games. That's awesome. And even recently I've, you know, dabbled in it, but these are people that have full-time jobs, you know, making games at these major great studios. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, yeah, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying the game we're making. I'm, yeah, I, I don't have a reason to be here anymore. I'm just going to quit. Um, yeah. Not not move on to another studio, um, you know, not get a better opportunity. Just go, yeah, I'm done with this. I, I can't take yeah. this anymore. I'm going to go work at Staples now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this This is such a, this is not a black and white topic at all. There are no definitives here because there's exceptions to every rule and all that. I get that. But I've made the statement before. I work to live. I don't live to work. And you say, well, hold on now. What if you were a game developer? I say, you know, if you had asked me that about 10 years ago, I'd say, you know what? I would drop a lot to be a game developer. So, a little side tangent here, though. 
I feel like one of my shortfalls, I think Chris, Chris and Adam both could be a better judge for me because I'm the worst judge of myself. I don't know <laughs> what I would do in video game development. I mean, I'm not a music composer in any way, mm-hmm. shape, or form. I can hum some tunes for you. I can shit out some random beeps and boops for you. And I could probably make some random music, but that would be me telling somebody to write the music. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm not a composer. I think I'm not you a, would be a... Um, I'm trying, I'm drawing blank on the actual title, but basically a concept designer. You uh, see, you, you say would, that. I, I think you would you think of like mechanics or... Even, you know, maybe story concepts or, you know, stuff like that. I think that's kind of the role you would fill. Yeah, I, I could see myself doing that. But I don't know, man. I don't feel like I'm talented enough in the imagination department to come up with enough stuff. I, I really don't. And I, again, that's because I'm the worst judge of myself. Maybe people see something in me that I don't see. But here's an example. Uh, for those that remember earlier, earlier episodes of our podcast, I could shit an idea to Adam. Say, hey, Adam, I want you to. So you, I don't like zombie video games at all, Adam. I don't like them any way, shape or form. Make me a new zombie video game. Go. And he would spend the next 20 minutes elaborate details of a video game and go, wow, that's pretty crazy. I don't feel I have any of that. I have no graphic design. I, I suck at drawing. I can give you ideas. Mm-hmm. I could tell an artist what to draw. So yeah, maybe in some aspects, Chris, you're right. Maybe I, maybe I'm a good idea, man. I just don't feel I have enough. I feel like my tank would dry real quick, but maybe not. Maybe with my life experience, I could come up with something. Yeah, and if you think about it from a bigger studio perspective, you know, you wouldn't be the only person. So you'd have someone, right. they'd have an idea, you build off them, and then you know something would come to you, and they'd build off you. So uh, typically, unless you're like the creative lead type position and even then you're going to rely on you know people that are pitching you the ideas yeah that, that's years of experience that. to get there oh yeah absolutely um i that's like my role i would you know probably do the actual coding you know mm-hmm. that's probably the role i would be able to fill in a you know actual studio because i i don't have you know the graphic you know uh experience or knowledge i don't have the sound design knowledge um mm-hmm. music i i barely listen to music when i play games as is unless it blows me out of the water so <laughs> i'm not the person for that um, yeah but man so where where i was going with this was i i work to live i don't live to work and people say well what if you were a video game developer i say well i don't even know if you'd asked me 10 years ago i'd say maybe i'd drop a lot to do that but nowadays i don't know because I feel like today, even those people that are passionate, even those people that are like, look, I dropped everything in life to come work for Capcom to do this. And this is what I do now. I feel like even those people are, they're fucking tapping out. Now, I, I, give an example here. Uh, there was, and this has been talked about a lot recently. Uh, so I feel fairly confident that I'm getting the story straight. But apparently... Um, the, uh, the lead creator of the Smash Brothers series, Chris, do you remember his name? Nope. Uh, he's a Japanese guy, Japanese gentleman, sorry. Uh, Masahiro Sakurai, I believe that's his name. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 
he there was an article I, no, I didn't read. Sorry, the lots of podcast people were talking about this. That there was a point in time where he got sick, and there were, uh, I, I, if I remember right, multiple times where he got sick, and he would bring an IV to work and hook himself up to this IV so he could continue to work. And I'm gonna tell you now. I hope I hope my supervisor hears me t- say this. There are limits to what the fuck I will do for a paycheck, even if I'm passionate. Like I'm sorry. There if if my physical health is in that dire condition, do I have sick leave? Yes, I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. I would hope that you know my supervision understands I'm not the person to be like <laughs> have a little cough i need to stay home all day is if i'm calling out sick there's a problem but i'm trying to i'm trying to extrapolate this in two different ways one if you are a person who likes to work and you are all about let's say let's say me they made me the fucking lead mega man i'm the mega man dude it's me now all on me yes i could see myself working 14 16 hours a day seven days a week i would mandate how much of that i choose to do though when a company comes behind me and says no you will work more that's me going man i work 12 hours a day because i fucking love this shit but now you're demanding that i work 18 hours a day you're demanding that i come in when i'm sick you're demanding that i miss my ch- my first child's birth and the, you know my wife was sick in the hospital but you said i could not go visit her like that's the kind of shit i'm talking about I fully understand that there are people out there that that work, they're workaholics, and sure, you want, for whatever reason, you know, you don't have anything else at home to go to, as sad as that is to say, or you're just so focused on work that you just find pleasure in it, or I fucking love the the world age old great one, Chris, it's all about that fucking paper, gotta make that money, because money's fucking everything in this piece of shit world, if you're that person that's so dedicated to work, I understand that, but there are times when you need to step the fuck away from that computer, when you need to not clock in, even when you're a video game developer, I cannot, I do not like there are people that respect that shit. They're like, yeah, he, so he brought an IV to work and he kept working while he was deathly ill. Man, you got mad respect. No, that man needs to be fired. That, that's not, that's not healthy for, that is not a precedent that big CEOs need to see so they can point back to him and go, look at his passion. Look at that. Why don't we have any of that at our job place? You know why? Because people value their fucking life. <laughs> You know, and that's where I see some of this push coming from it with these comp- with these game companies saying that, yeah, we, you know, we work long hours and we push the envelope. You keep pushing that and pushing that and pushing that. Now it's like we put our, our people in jeopardy and we don't care because it turns mm-hmm. over a, a, a game. I don't, w- Chris, I love video games. I don't love them that much. I don't love them enough to where I get this game home and there's blood on it. I don't, (laughs) that's not, that's not cool to me. I don't, I don't know if I could love anything that much. That's like a drug dealer. That's like a drug addict. You know, I don't care how the fuck I got it. Just shoot it in my veins. I, mm -mm. 
No. And to be fair, you know, the Japanese culture is a lot different as well. So there's... I'm very hesitant to be too judgmental about it. Um, I'm one of those. I'll say, yeah, I, I admire the dedication. Was it smart? No. But sure, I can understand it. And, um, you know, I, I can appreciate it. I'll put it that way. Um, yeah. You know, looking at the bigger picture overall, I think really after all these horror stories we've been hearing, you know, the layoffs at Blizzard and Activision, Blizzard, Activision, now one thing, whatever. All these different horror stories, they're all of the huge, you know, behemoth organizations that we've come to know in the gaming world. I think right now, the best bet for someone that wants to be a developer, go to an indie company. Yeah. Sure, you might yeah. get screwed over monetar- monetarily, you know, you know, game doesn't make it, etc. But as far as work environment, I think that's the safer bet to go right now. Yeah, and you just brought up another, man, added another shovel full of dirt onto this fucking coffin of a topic, man. <laughs> but imagine, imagine that you're working for a game company. You be, This is like kind of a dream job for you, you know, as the title of the article said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you couldn't wait. And so you're in this company now, and for the last year and a half, two years, which it, it, just a little wake up call for, for you, audience, a year is a long fucking time when you're talking about work. Six months, if you think about it, is a long time. I realize that you have worked at your job for 17 years, so six months may not seem like nothing, but when you're working for 14, 15, 16 hours, five to six to seven days a week, and you, I mean, you are putting your body through rigors that you should not be doing, Mm -hmm. six months is still a long time. But we'll go beyond that for shadow of the argument. Two years. You do all this for two years. I mean, you got to be thinking you're getting to a mental state where you're contemplating different life choices at this point. You went from, I cannot wait to work for this video game company to, I don't know if I want ha- technology in my life. Like, I mean, you're, you're getting worn slap out. Game comes out. They were hoping for 5 million sales. It does 4.3. You get laid off. Bye. I mean, it. I do not want to even step foot into this world, except maybe the indie stuff, like you said. Maybe that. Maybe that's yeah. a lot better. Maybe that has ups and downs, but maybe better ups. Yeah, the people that, you know, you know, three or four guys or gals and. They make their, you know, game on the weekends over, you know, the span of a couple of years. No hardship there. They just, you know, chip in when they can and uh, they eventually put out a product. It does decently well. They've accomplished their goal. They mm-hmm. may, you know, decide, hey, we're going to keep together, form, you know, a legitimate studio and do this full time. Or they may go, OK, we did it and go back to whatever the day job was, you know, at that that's like, why wouldn't you do that approach if you could, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, why not take the safer bet? Uh, yeah. Uh, there's something else I was going to say, but I completely sidetracked myself. <laughs> I derailed my own chain of thought. The yeah, uh, Again, I, I realize I'm being very pessimistic about this, and I, I am because it's, it's, it's involving work, 
into my beloved hobby. And I am a realist that understands, well, you can't have the video games without people working. I get that. But on varying levels, through varying degrees, and, and varying responses, I just don't want... I don't want people hurt to make my game. Mm-hmm. Now, I've mentioned this before, too. Even Nintendo, as much as I love Nintendo, I know they've done some bad shit. I know that on various ways <laughs> they've done some some corporate greed bullshit i know i i sometimes i tend to be i choose to be ignorant about it and turn a blind yeah. eye but the realist in me goes no they they're a company okay they've laid people off they've went after other companies they've did some shit to make sure that their pockets gets aligned i get that but for whatever reason it seems like it's getting more prevalent these days they're there there have got to be good stories out there i know there's got to be you know straight to the top box office stories of you know the guy that played video games and back in the early 90s and now he's you know he's he's working as the you know the second highest paid whatever developer for whatever company they're not all bad i know but i feel like there's enough bad out there to where i just it makes me it makes me ugh it makes me feel bad, you know. I I want somebody to put in an eight-hour workday to make my game overtime. It's like like I said before, we both said this before, Chris. All three of us. I'm not sure most of the audience think this too. People take your time. I want a Persona Six, of course I do, but I don't want somebody to fucking not see their child being birthed because of it, you know. Mm. I don't want somebody getting physically ill and, and and you know hey if i had stayed home and rested for three days and taken the right medicine i could have been cured for in three days but instead i was damn near pneumonia for four weeks but hey i came out of it okay like ah it's no i don't want that i'm sorry as bad as i want persona 6 i don't want somebody in a bad way because of it <sighs> sore topic man <laughs> it <Yeah>. really is. <laughs> we I, all work for a living. I urge um, anyone that has a remote interest in you know what's been going on with Anthem and all that to go read this. How Bioware's Anthem went wrong. Um, it sheds a lot of light on kind of how things work on the back end uh, at you know big companies like this. Uh, the whole Bioware having multiple studios thing and how that interaction you know helped and hindered at various points in time, the process, you know, how poor leadership completely, uh, you know, screwed them over and they got a good leader, but then ran out of time. Um, mm-hmm. That's pretty much what it boiled down to. The, all the good we currently see in Anthem um, seems to have come, you know, in like the last year of the game's development because it got a new director who was actually making decisions and giving, you know, stuff. So they finally had a vision and yeah, it, Read the article. It is very long, but it is absolutely worth it. If you have any interest in, you know, how your games are made. Yeah. And why you should or should not like a company anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, on on a more positive note as well, this is this is a blessed time that we live in for game development period because I, I don't know if they existed when I was a kid, Chris, because I didn't look it up. I didn't even think about game development itself when i was a kid but Mm -hmm. 
people can get out of high school today and go to what's basically what boils down to a video game development college. Yeah. And there's something there for, hey, you like writing? We got classes for that. Do you like graphic design? We got stuff for that. All that, that exists. And it's, I can't, I can't really say how worth it is as far as like yeah i graduated virginia video game institute and got a well-paid good paying job three days after i can't say because i don't go to the college and i don't know but at least to some degree game development is an understood thing now it's something that you can excel at and let that be a guide for you you know, if you have a genuine talent, a natural born talent that you enjoy, yeah, man, pursue it. Maybe you'll be, maybe you'll have a great story. Maybe it'll work great for you. And again, the shit that I talked about at the beginning of this segment about, you know, the, the archaic ways of being bug, a bug, uh, a bug tester, that may not be anything like what it is anymore. Uh, bug testing as a whole may be a completely different ball game now, but I kind of don't think so. I kind of think that a lot of this stuff has a lot of those, yeah, you're going to have to put on some work, and work's not going to be what you think it is. It's going to be a lot of, it's going to be grinding that you don't ever want to do. But hey, maybe you'll still move up and yada, yada, yada. As much negativity as it is, there has to be positivity. And I hope that the companies that are out there making the great games are doing it with their employers in mind. Yeah, I'd love to hear... I'd love to hear something from the studios, you know, behind God of War. Yes. Behind Persona, you know, these yeah. big hits. Even Dragon Quest Eleven, Not, you know, on the same scale, but pretty damn close. You know, as a nominee for RPG of the Year. I'd love to hear from the ones we don't hear about. Um, it would be really enlightening. Yeah, it really would. And it would... It sheds some much needed light, positive light on this right now because that's what's getting that's what's getting put into the limelight. Hey, it's it's bad over here. And you have some people that are saying, Well, it's bad because you worked there, stop working there. And you have other people going, Well, they're employed there. They should st- just because you're working here doesn't mean you should get shit on. You know, mm-hmm. you should still treat employees good. And that's what I want. You know, I want there's so much to this Chris like dude this is like two episodes worth of talking just about work alone because work in and of itself is a topic you know at the end of the day after it all said and done I just want people to be able to get up go to work for Square Enix put their eight hours in do a genuine solid eight hours of work and add to the effort of the team and the team's combined effort to make a game, if that takes two years, fine. If it takes seven years, fine. But don't... Don't kill people to make my happiness. Please don't. I don't don't want that. That makes me feel fucking horrible. I don't want another game to come out and and I'm like, wow! And then Chris has to tell me an article, yeah, did you know that like seven people died and four people had mental fucking breakdowns to make this game? I'll drop that. That's bad. That's not good. <sighs> Sour topic, but it does need to be talked about. 
This is a this is a part of gaming. These games, we, Chris and I and Adam and all all our fellow audience members, let's make it real clear to the real world out there: we're not in some oblivious bubble. Okay, we're not children. Maybe we're we're kids at heart, but we understand there is a business around what's going on. Somebody is making money off the fact that I went out and bought a game. I get that. And all the aspects to it. Games have to be made. They have to be made by people. I'm a person who enjoys video games. Somebody else had to sacrifice something to make it happen. Hopefully they got paid and compensated correctly and hopefully they were treated good. I want to know that. What experiences have you had, audience, in the world of making video games of gaming development period what horror stories have you heard or what positive stories have you heard are you are you friends family acquaintances with anybody in the gaming development sphere it could be small yeah i'm friends with a guy that did like you know the text for this random steam game that sold 600 copies that's fine it's just we'd like to know about this. I, I'm very interested in hearing people's life to work balance in the gaming world. Like I said, I know there's positive stories out there. I know they are. It seems negative now because a lot of the negativity is coming to light, but hey, it needs to, I feel. Negativity needs to happen. That way people can see it and go, we need to stop this. <laughs> so... Uh, if you've heard the negative stories, tell us your sides of it. If you know the positives, tell us that too. Tell us what articles you've read or or, or reviews or, or a, like content creator, whatever gaming development stories you have, we'd love to hear it. Uh, do you as well think that Dragon Quest Eleven is a piece of shit? Well, I don't, so I don't know why you took that from me, so please don't tell me that but if you do like dragon quest 11 or don't like it let me know let us know we'd love to hear your thoughts on it um anything that we talked about tonight i realize we talked about a lot of news articles and a lot of games and through our weeks and whatnot but in general as always we love to hear gaming conversation we love to make gaming conversation the way that we make that is having you talk to us tell us your thoughts tell us what you're playing tell us what you what what interested you about this episode that we that we just went through a long tirade of stories and games there are many ways you can get feedback to us all of which are highly encouraged and welcome uh you can go to facebook and search for end of time cast it should take you to our facebook page and it may be how you found this episode right here we have an email address you can email us at endoftimecast at gmail.com that's endoftimecast at gmail.com no funny numbers in there just spell it as you heard it we have a twitter page you can tweet us retweet us we are hosted across multiple formats so you can you can get our episodes via youtube uh soundcloud which is our main hosting for for uh, right now um there, are, you should be able at this point to just search in Google "end of time cast" and you can find us somewhere to listen to us and probably download it as well. And please do check out our old episodes. Just have a listen and send us some feedback. We love to talk to our audience and we love to be able to read your messages or emails on here. And trust me, it engages conversation. That's and that's what we want. It's not always. I don't want it to always just be me, Chris, and Adam talking to each other. We want to talk to you really want to know what you think what's on your mind as far as gaming goes 
So yeah, that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Michael. And I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. <laughs>